This is Les McCurdy, McCurdy's Comedy Theater, Sarasota, Florida. We're sitting in the green room behind the stage where the comics hang out before they go up on stage. As a matter of fact, you can walk from the green room just right onto the stage. It sits in the middle of the stage and on the other side is the box office. And what you're going to hear is the conversation that the comics naturally have during the performance. That's what this is all about. It's not an interview. It's not a performance. It's just our conversation. Same as you sitting around with your friends, and it could go anywhere. It could be chaotic. It could go all over the place. It could be very specific. And remember, we're not experts on anything either. We're just having a nice conversation. That's what we do in the green room. That's what you want to be a part of, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> We're sitting in the green room, conversation from the green room, McCurdy's before the show, uh, the comics, Vinny Ward, Scott Novotny, Vinny's our feature act, Scott's our headliner. Hey, nice to meet you. Mike. Yeah. Oh, you we'll guys haven't on, met before. No, we'll meet on mic. Oh, oh, and you're talking into the top of the mic. This is one you're talking to the side of. Yeah. It's, it's, it's right there. I know. There Come go. on. Come on, Beautiful. Scott. I don't know what to say. <laughs> and then Mike, our producer, he's over here with a with a, a allergy. Uh, yeah, big yeah. time. So and I'm it's, all, it's allergy all. season. It is. We were discussing that. You didn't know what your allergy was. No idea where it came from, though. But you got a good country western music voice now. Yeah, like a sexy, like snotty voice a little bit. I wouldn't think it's sexy. Not sexy? The, no. The snotty part, though. <laughs> That's just disgusting. <laughs> just gross. I like how you went to country and western, and in Mike's mind, like, that sexy. went sexy somehow. <laughs> somehow, the fact that he has his snotty, go, yeah, sexy. I'm so. sexy in Oklahoma. For sure. <laughs> I don't know. I've been to Oklahoma. <laughs> I just like how he didn't know where his allergies came from. No. But every March, he gets it. He yeah. Can't, no, right. it, it, what, can't what happens? It what happens? <laughs> he, it's different. He's like, man, I got to go see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I performed, I performed in Oklahoma a while back, and the, and the owner of the club came up and says, you northerners talk too fast from Minnesota. Yeah. So you northerners <laughs> talk too fast. So you got to get I said, yeah, yeah, right, right. Slow it down. Yeah, sure. And so I'm doing my show, and then I'm not getting nothing, nothing. I go, well, let's try the slow down thing. And so I slowed my show down, and I probably did my 45 minutes, like I did 30 minutes in 45 minutes. Right. I just, I just spoke a lot slower. And, and it I, worked? It, <laughs> yes, it worked really, really well. <laughs> and it's not that they were dim. I think that it's just that their cadences was they were used to, you know, hearing sure. things a little. No, they actually they were pretty dim. But uh, I was trying to be nice. Uh, no, that, it was just it was one of those things. It was really funny. And uh, I I don't think of myself as a fast talker. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, throughout my career, I've had to people say you might want to slow down a little bit. Yeah, you, you get kind of excited up. Have there. you? Fa- I found that when I would work country clubs down here, where you know the average. I mean, the age group sixty five to eighty five, mm-hmm. and it's like we would get up there and you'd be firing through, even with a southern accent, but you're firing in a lot of energy like a club, and it just sets them back. They're just like, whoa, man, mm-hmm. you know. And then we learn to slow down, take our time. And they were more accepting of it. Yeah, but that's a combination of uh, old age plus hearing aids. So Um. you need to, you know, remember that hearing aids are involved with the about 75% of our audience. Right, right. We got sidetracked off of your allergy, though, Mike. Oh, back to the allergy. (laughs) (laughs) 
We got to get to the bottom of this <laughs> Just list. bottom of this allergy thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Oklahoma, I just played it once when I was touring. You ever been there? No. Benny? No. No. One day. See, that's what yeah. you aspire to. If you're from Oklahoma, you book. Get in the Tulsa. <laughs> if you visualize something hard enough, Benny. <laughs> yeah. Then you're there. Dreams come true. Then you're there. Absolutely. But, uh. Oh, good. She brought you a Red Bull. I got my lovely wife just brought me a Red Bull. Nice. I have I've been staying away from these things because I know exactly how absolutely horrible these are for you. You know, everybody that drinks them says the same thing, but right before they open it and drink it, it's a. I mean, my daughter just did it the other day. Yeah. They, they get it and they go, they. I know how horrible this is, and then chuck, chuck, chuck. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, that's how. That's how heroin starts. I mean, yeah. I mean, really. I mean, Red Bull to heroin? Yeah. There's no in between. Did you, did you hear me open this thing? You know, my, my wife and I will uh, will sneak in our soda pops at the, at the theater. You know, we'll, we'll buy the popcorn. You know, we'll buy the hey, popcorn. Hey, Marcella. Hi, guys. <laughs> she scurries away to run. But, we'll, but we like to, we like, nah, we're sneaking in the pop. I mean, they're getting like nine bucks from this, you know, the, the, the pop. Oh, one. yeah. That's, so you, they, you they, draw so the line at the pop. At the pop, you know, because, okay. uh, I mean, we're already talking about what's it cost them, 34 cents to maybe put the, and that's, the, the, the you know, the carton is probably. Well, all they've done with the Red Bull is taken the same concept as a pop, which where I come from, it's mm -hmm. a Coke. It's all Coke. Yeah. I should uh, I should mention we're not sponsored by Red Bull. No, <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. And no, no, unfortunately, we ain't sponsored by shit <laughs> yet. But we'll name drop till somebody goes. Hey, we like that. You know, what are you drinking over there, Yingling? Yeah. <laughs> All right, one long plug for beverage. That's right. I so, got a cup of Maxwell House. So over they here. show the same previews to the trailers, like the, like for example, uh, Pet Cemetery is the big one that's on right now. So right. we we absolutely know where the loud parts are of that particular trailer, and that's the time when the truck goes by. We go. <laughs> we pop open her because that's such a noise in the theater, you know. Yes. Uh, and that was funny. I don't know if you went to the the movie where everything had to be really quiet. The the quiet place, I think it was called. Uh, no, you know is that the one where the the creatures hear noises, and if they hear a noise, they'll come and kill yeah. you, right? Oh. So the movie theater is really it's tough to like even eat popcorn because the movie is so quiet that you start you go <laughs> reaching for the popcorn, and all you hear is, and then you. Crunch, crunch, crunch. You can actually hear people crunching. I mean, it was so quiet. It was so funny. It was like, I can't. I, I can't. So eerie. Well, you know, the, the last, the one that's, is uh, the last one movie Pam and I went to, it's the, um, it's whatever cellophane, anything that's in cellophane, you know, is what is the most obnoxious shit going on. And, uh, we went to a movie just recently. It was an afternoon one. There was a bunch of people there. They're all they're all sixty and seventy, and that's the reason it was in the afternoon. It was packed, you know. And uh, there was a guy that was just. I mean, it, it sounded like he had taken a paper bag and put some plastic like bubble wrap in it and was just doing like an accordion. I mean, just oblivious yeah. to every, to, I mean, till people, everybody just started yelling at the guy. Did they really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because normally people are so polite that they won't do it. But no, man. Little... People, these, you know, because, you know, these are old people. They don't give a shit. No, they don't care. No, they'll tell yeah. you, shut up. I know it's in the Oslo Theater, and as part of their announcements, besides the, the, the cell phone, they say, and if you have anything 
that requires to unwrap with cellophane, please do it now. Was, yes. They actually announced Well, that you know, it's kind of wild that in a, and that's a not a movie theater, but a, a, yeah, a play a real, theater. It's a real play theater. Yeah, a play theater. It's amazing they let you bring shit in anymore. That, that used to, you never could bring food or drinks into a play. Yeah. You know, that was never allowed. I remember as a kid, uh, there was a, uh, this is really ages you, but when I was at the Lawler Theater in Rochester, Minnesota, and I would ride my bike down to watch a triple feature horror film, you know, some really crappy thing like The Vampire and the Ballerinas, real movie, um, you know, Paranoia. I mean, really, really crappy stuff, but I loved monster movies when I was a kid. And so you'd go uh, buy the candy at the beginning of the show, and they used to have these things called the Atomic Hot Fireballs. They were oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the Law of the Theater had like a cement floor. So if you dropped one of those those fireballs, you could actually hear it roll all the way down oh, to the yeah. front of the, Absolutely. <laughs> the screen. It was so funny. Absolutely. Just the fact, just thinking about hard candy as being a candy that anyone would buy anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, do you, Vinny, I mean, do you? No. No. I but mean, I used to. Oh, really? Remember, remember Warheads? Warheads oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But didn't Warheads have something inside of them? They're sour. They're really oh, just yeah. super sour. Like a sour, super sour, sweet tart kind of thing, wasn't it? And then it was sweet. It? it was like super sour, and then it was sweet once you got to the middle of it and yeah. everything. That was the payoff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hard I just like that whole concept of, as human beings, we will take something, look at it, express to everyone around us, that this is something really horrible for me to ingest, and then as quickly as we can, once we once we've made that disclaimer, we don't you don't hesitate a moment. You just dive right in that piece of shit. Yep. You know, and it's just I don't know. Yeah, they made human a candy nature. out of that, and, yeah. and people bought it. Yeah, I never enjoyed a warhead, but I bought them all the time. But yeah, for some reason, they're like trading cards. Like, yeah, so like you won't eat the green one. We had a thing uh, when I was a kid called Snaps, and they were basically uh, pieces of soap licorice. I mentioned they tasted like soapy licorice, and they were absolutely horrible. But you got a whole box of them for like two cents. I mean, so, so it was the quantity that was like, I'm getting so many of these crappy little pieces of candy for two cents. It reminds me when when uh, when I first when I first got out of college, and me and Ken's sons. Uh, moved out uh we're going out west and got into comedy and we were working a day job where we were both we were living in denver now this was in this was in the 80 early 80s but i think we're i think i made my salary was maybe twelve thousand a thousand dollars a month trying to live in denver you know what i mean and ken was just a little more than that so we would buy carlo rossi jug wine it's the worst. And we tried them all to see what was the actual. I'm, I'm going, how many pictures are you going to take? <laughs> it's, it's enough. I keep hearing the clicking. And Jay's back there, and I go, Jesus Christ. Um, we have a photographer for this podcast. I know. I know. He got hooked on. I got hooked on Vinny. Um, yeah. But, uh, but you know, it, it, we, we, we literally go, let's find the shittiest, cheapest, jug ass wine and and we got the burgundy because it was the very hardest to drink mm-hmm. because we go we can't ch- we we you have to take your time with that it would last the longest because we couldn't afford anything else you know yeah, so you pick the shittiest, shittiest candy the shit <laughs> you just goes 
That's all the money you got. You know? yeah. My grandmother used to have these things called sensens. Do you remember these things? No. They're basically kind of a, a – it, a, it's very similar to the snaps. They have that uh, um, the kind of a licorice uh, uh, taste. And it's, it's, it's basically a snap, only even tinier. Um, but it was used for breath. I don't know why because it smelled horrible, I thought. <laughs> but uh, that was like her candy. She had um, like the, the, the Brock's mix that you'd get from yes. the store. Yeah. And she that would be in uh, those little uh, – the, the mint things like those little uh, pastel looking mints. Sure, sure. And those would be like her staple, you know. So we'd go down to Grandma's house and go, oh, there's just, oh, the, the, the candy selection so horrible there. Of course it is. You know? And then, of course, then we said we tried these Sensens and be like, oh, they're just horrible. And then we'd have another one. Oh, just because there was nothing. Anything <laughs> that had sugar in it. Yeah. That's right. What, yep. no. what about Pez dispensers? Those? Those, that was, oh, those are my favorite. Like yeah, gimmick, like you that was. Oh, I mean, I would. That wasn't around when I was a little kid. They <laughs> popped up. Yeah. yeah. S- 70s maybe. But you were buying like the dispenser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you bought. Because like, you, you ran out of the candy quick. Yeah, because uh, they give right. you one pack of ten. And it was it was the same candy. <laughs> the yeah. candy never varied. Did you collect them then? Did you? Oh hate no, no, no. I, I had a bunch I of them. I didn't yeah. fall for scams when I was a kid. I do now when I'm growing up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But no, no, I was no. Like, no I you don't have it. a vat of Beanie Babies oh, in your garage. Oh, no. I was Beanie Baby. No, I didn't I collect anything that. like that. Comic books, nothing. No. No, <laughs> people fall for it. Because, people that would invest in Beanie Babies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring my retirement into right. this yeah. shit. My yeah. kid's going to college, but this princess dye purple teddy bear. Oh god. Beanie Baby Hunters. I think I would have made money off that Beanie Baby thing, but I got a puppy and he ate like all of them. <laughs> and then like five years later, they were like, "Oh, this one's worth money. This one's." And I was like, "Man, I had that one. Man, yeah. I had that one." Yeah. yeah. Well, that was always the whole concept with any of that collectible shit. You had to hold right. on to it. Yeah. No, you have to hold on to it. You can't take it out of the box. Yeah. yeah. You go. You, you, you can't play with it. You can't do shit with it. Yeah. You just got to put the box over there. Yeah. That's, That's a weird ridiculous. thing. Yeah. It's a BOGO thing. You know, buy one, play with one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. BOGO. Yeah. <laughs> buy one, play with one. Yeah. Put one BOPO. Away. Yeah. Bo- BOPO. BOPO. <laughs> <laughs> So this is where we dropped allergy medicine. Um, if we had a sponsorship for your yeah, we're your, sponsored by Claritin, Claritin, <laughs> Claritin, Zyrtec, <laughs> Flonase. Getting me through this podcast. Actually, uh, you, we'd probably be sponsored when we're like Equate. Which yeah, is, some uh, like generic brand. I don't give a shit. Walmart's generic. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember when I first moved down here to Sarasota. Uh, the first two or three years I was here, this season would hit spring. And I literally, for about three or four days, would break out in hives all over my body, you know. And I, I went to the doctor the first time. I was like, Jesus, what up? Yeah. He goes, it's a jungle, bro. It's a jungle. You really live in a jungle. They've carved out civilization out of a jungle. And that's what you live in. He goes, so ever so often during the year, and he goes, all year long, something's blooming. Yeah. All year long. Something different's blooming. And he's shooting all these spores and shit out into the air that your body has, ne- from Tennessee or Minneapolis or what, has never come in contact with. And so, you know, you ingest it and your body just freaks out. Doesn't know, it doesn't know what it is, doesn't know what to do with it. And he goes, but don't worry. He goes, over a period of time, yeah. you'll build up the immunities to it. And sure enough, I think it was about three years in, that quit happening, you know. But uh, 
you do kind of forget when you're in a civilized, you know, area that, you know, whether it's when it's an extreme, whether it's extreme north or extreme south, but yep. down here it's it's uh, you know, it's it's a tropical jungle, you know, and there there's shit. Which is weird because I was there. I was born here, so that just means my immune system sucks. Yeah, <laughs> never. It's probably because you're ginger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should I, be here. So what <laughs> what what has been going on in your whole life is <laughs> is that the tropics have been trying to tell you to move yeah, and you refuse. Like, it's trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's a like, survivor, Les. Oh, I ain't going. <laughs> I ain't leaving. <laughs> yeah. And I'm allergic to cats and dogs. It's like, what the hell? Oh, well, I, I just know that I've been. Mu- I was much more sick up in Minnesota. Every winter, there would be that, that moment where I'd been in the cold, in the warm, in the cold, little get a little tired, and then I'd boom, I'd get it. You know, whatever that thing was, that you'd get. I right. don't get it down here. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of happy to be away from the snow for a nice. while. Oh, you take yeah. flu shots? No, I don't. Uh, I don't want to. I don't need it. I don't do the flu shots. I I do it. Um, you know, I did. I didn't for a while, and I and and even down here, every winter, I'd catch that thing, and and uh, that just kicks your ass for like a week to yeah. ten days. I mean, just knocks you into the damn dirt. And when I started doing flu shots, seems like, and I remember asking my cousin. My cousin's a doctor. He's up in Tennessee, so I would just generally call him whenever anything's going on and just get him to send me something, you know, prescribe me something. But I go, yeah, the thing, the, you know, I got that thing. I don't know if it's the flu. He goes, he goes, oh, it's going around. He goes, this is the crud. I go, you're a doctor. He goes, that's what we call it. He had walk-in clinics. He the goes, crud. we just call it the crud. I go, come up, make something yeah. up. You're a fucking yeah. medical doctor. You know, Jesus Christ, make yeah, up I, something. If I pay my $50 Don't copay and you tell exactly. me I got the crud. Got the crud, crud. You know, credulous. There was a comedian yeah. that uh, we knew that was uh, in pharmaceuticals down in uh, Kentucky, and a guy came in and said, I got the moops. The moops. <laughs> <laughs> What's the moops? He goes, I got. I don't know about got it. I got the moops. I got them moops. That sounds like there's got to be diarrhea connected to that. that was, <laughs> yeah. We, have the we did that through a comedy class, and so everybody referred to the moops at some point in their show. It makes it that's that's the word. Of the day. Nice. Everybody's going to do the but, nice. something about the moops. It was a funny mm. word. That was a funny word. Yeah. Doctors are kind of like weed dealers. They just making up terms. Terms, yeah. Yeah. It's like like a strain of marijuana. Yeah. It's called the Moops. Yeah, this man. is the Moops right here, man. Yeah. You don't want to smoke it alone. Right. <laughs> buddy of mine was trauma nurse forever, or for 30 years. He said, biggest min- misconception about medicine is, and when you show up in the hospital or whatever, is you think no matter what you have, no matter what's going on with you, that we can diagnose it, that we can know. He goes, he goes there's a lot of times we just don't know. Doctor doesn't know. Nobody knows. I mean, they're guessing. They're making some good, educated guesses, but they don't know. Hey, Lori. <laughs> Our computer girl. Lady. Um, but he said, we just don't know. Yeah. You know? And like I say, you, there's sometimes you just think medical science now knows everything. Well, it's like it's a uh, practice for a reason, though. Yeah. It's like they open up the junk drawer, you know, that you have got it in the, like the kitchen and start mo- mo- poking around and go, here, this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. See uh, if this will work. Try that. Give that a that's, shot. That's it, work too. You know, yeah, give them an antibiotic. Give them a shot of penicillin. <laughs> Does anybody get a shot of penicillin anymore? 
I've never heard of that in years. <laughs> yeah. You know? We could make things out of the junk drawer. I remember when we used to have, uh, um, like, popsicle sticks and, and a rubber band. That's all we needed. And you could make yourself a nice pretend switchblade out of that. You know, you, you'd have this thing, and you'd bend it over with the, and you'd pull the thing. Boom. <laughs> Times was tough. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's badass Minnesota there, buddy. Make a shake. If I got mugged by a popsicle stick in a rubber band, I'd be so mad. By a switchblade popsicle stick. That's a tough guy. My buddy Ken, son's comedian, you know, works here a lot his son kai is old school like that he's like nine years old and it's like they'll go through he goes i'll go throw trash out and then next thing i know kai's got half the trash back out in his room and go look man i threw that out he goes no man he's like i can do stuff with this stuff you know (laughs) and he's one of those kids that just likes to you know the cardboard box thing. Where yeah, yeah. On the fort and everything. Absolutely. I was that kid. Too. Absolutely. He'd deep. rather have that stuff than <laughs> stuff you bring from the store. He's yeah. wearing he's wearing a, J- a Jiffy Pop helmet. <laughs> a Jiffy Pop helmet. Yeah. Do people still make Jiffy Pop? I bet you they do. I bet do you. they? I bet you. I thought it was all microwave. Yeah, well, maybe it's microwave. Hey, if I found a Jiffy Pop, some I'd probably I'd probably pick it up just for nostalgia's sake. I did. That's one of those. Do you do you guys even know what Jiffy Pop is? No. Is it like Jiffy Lube? No. <laughs> it was a popcorn that came. It, oh, it is a pan, and there was aluminum foil on yep. the top. I had those at Cub Scouts. You, you mm-hmm. cooked it on the there, and it would those. it would yeah balloon yeah, up. They right? have those for camping. Yep. Got ya. They were real simple. Uh, it popcorn. It was all right yeah. there. You know? Oh right, yeah. right. Yeah, Jiffy Pop made it through the rece- uh, recession. recession. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we used to go to the drive-in movies. We'd make up a, a couple things of Jiffy Pop, and, you know, we'd have the sandwiches and the whole works. And oh, my yeah. parents would go out to the drive-in. We were little tiny kids. And, of course, they wanted to go see things like uh, a John Wayne film. Oh, or, sure. Or, or Doris Day Rock Hudson. Yes, some, Of course. You know, and, of course, we are in the station wagon, so we in our pajamas. So by after the first movie, we all... You know, climb in the back and go to sleep, and you know, let them watch the second thing by themselves, and give them some some peace and quiet. And um, I remember uh, I would watch the uh, the previews to coming attractions, and of course, you can only see about you know uh, through the window from the back thing. So basically, I, I think it's like a like a mini. If you can think of a mini rectangle, but you're you're watching this thing. And I remember they were there was a preview to this movie called The Blob. And, oh, uh, I remember the blob. The blob the would, blob. Uh, and I saw this preview as a kid, way in the back, of the station wagon, and the blobs. I bet you the blob terrified me in my dreams for the next, the next like three, four years, until I finally saw the movie The Blob and realized that's how you kill it. See, my brain couldn't figure out how to ever kill the blob by watching that preview. It never, never figured it out. Right, right. So in my brain, in my dreams, I was always going. The blob is after me. The this, blob. This blobby thing. This big, Didn't they big not? Did hunting. they not make a remake, like a modern remake of the blob? Yeah, they I did. think they did because I, that I remember that movie. Seems like it was set in Antarctica or something like no, that. No, that's the oh, thing. No. That's oh, the thing. That was but the they most did. terrifying movie ever, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Like, even the original. You remember the original? Yeah, the original. Yes. was absolutely yeah. scary. Yeah. yeah. It. How do they? It is. Oh yeah. It, it's pretty. Yeah. It, it was, the original. Yes, was the new one's hilarious. There was one that was there was an old black and white one that got me like the blob. It was called the Tingler. Oh, I remember the Tingler. I went to the Tingler at the movie theater. And it was like a I don't know. It in, like- in the Tingler in the movie theater, they actually had electric things on your 
on your seats. So when the tingler got into the theater in the movie, the things would go off. It was oh, one of those William Because didn't it get of, in your spine or something? Yeah, or? It, 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 get, it gets you. And it looked, yeah. like, a, looked like a big uh, centipede thing. Yeah, and then it, it gets inside of you. And it takes electric shocking people? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, <laughs> fuck. It was like, it was like, it was worse than a bug's life. Over, uh, <laughs> the, the animal kingdom where they actually sting you. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to the, the thing. It's a 3D movie. Have you seen oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. This? yeah. They have the stingers in it. it this really? thing pops out and you go, oh, that oh, really hurts, you know? Jesus. Now I haven't felt, now I've been to some of the Disney ones where they spray water. Yeah, and, they have you know, I love that. sneezes or yeah, something. I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I love yeah, all yeah. that stuff. I've never been shocked, though. You put on this pack. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> you hook up all these <laughs> heart also, monitors. And they would try to get you into these movie theaters Are you sure no that was a movie what. theater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Tingler. There's a scene in The Tingler where the, the Tingler actually gets out into a movie theater in the movie. So that's when the tingler thing starts going, you know. And I think it was basically underneath your seat. Yeah, kind of made, made your seats vibrate. Yeah, because the tingler came up. Yeah, you just hooked the crawled in. You just hooked up to a car battery. <laughs> yeah, just getting shocked. Someone's backyard. Well, there were no there were no regulations back then. <laughs> yeah, you get away with murder. You'd have to. There was actually some movies where you'd actually have to sign a waiver that says if you die of uh, being scared to death, you know, we were we will not be responsible. You had to fill out the form of. Oh your, right, it would right, be, right. be so frightened I, by this yeah, film yeah, that yeah, you, yeah. you. So we are not going to take any responsibility for oh, being exactly. frightened to death. I remember going to a drive-in movie one time, same way with my parents. There were three of. How many? You had. I know you. Had, there were three? Yeah, there were three. And so uh, it, me and my two sisters, and it was the same. I still remember the movie. The main movie was uh, Paul Newman. I want to say it was called Ombre or something like it's that. Uh, it's a Western. Yeah, he did an Ombre. Yeah. And so it was that. And then I don't know what the other movie was, but in the middle they had uh, trailers for what was coming up. Mm-hmm. And this movie was called The Pink Pussycat. The pink pussy cat, and it—you gotta think back. This is like this is like mid '60s, right? And when I mean the idea of seeing a woman in a bikini on film is outrageous. I mean, you know when what when Jane Fonda or Raquel Welch, Barbarella, Barbarella, and that was late '60s. You know, uh, that was just outrageous. And this, it was a, it was a, a, what we would call a strip joint, a titty bar. But of course, back then, the the girls dance in cages, go go, and they go 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 girls, yeah. you know, and they they wore the the like a bikini, but it had fringe on it. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're they're showing this thing, and it it was, you know, it was all about oh, the debauchery and da and the girls are shaking and da 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 da, and. Then I think there was actually like a love scene, and it's kind of in the dark. So it's like they're making love, but you can't, you can only see shadows, but you can hear shit. My mother lost her fucking mind. (laughs) I. She she had a temper, but I'll tell you what, I've never seen her so pissed off. She called the mayor's office the next day. She called the mayor. If she could have gotten through to the governor, she would have gotten through to the governor and the president of the United States. Because <laughs> she had children in the car, you know. Mm-hmm. She was like, it was one thing that this happened without me expecting in any way. But another thing, I got kids in the car. And that me and my sisters, I guarantee, my two sisters who, who are both 15 months younger than me back back. So we were probably 
seven. You know, I, I, I bet we're probably it probably five, seven, nine, something like that. I'll bet you experience your oh, my, first my, my sisters, I, to, to this day, I could go, pink pussy cat. And they'll go, yeah. <laughs> they, they remember it. You know, that was, that's ingrained in our heads forever. <laughs> if I ever saw, what's the, what's the damn uh, place in New York next to the Comedy Cellar? It's the purple. The purple pussy. Pussy, monster. something like that. There is. It, it's uh, it's uh, a name like that. And I remember when I saw it, I was like, I gotta go fuck in there, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go in there. There's shit happening in there. Dude. <laughs> was, I remember there was a movie, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. 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 Yeah. Yes, that one was kind of. It was a well black known and black and white. The yeah. Russ Vixen, I think, is his name or, or uh, something like that. Myers, Russ Myers, maybe. Yes. And uh, he, his, his, Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, the big always the breasts. Were, sure. That was the big deal. I remember when Valley of the Dolls came out. That was. Because we, we were 16, because we had just started driving. So that would have been 1972, maybe. And that was rated X. Right, right. X rated. And, and, and you, there, was no, there was no scenes of anybody. I mean, you didn't, you didn't see any male genitals. I don't even think you saw a vagina. I don't <laughs> believe. You saw breasts, and you saw people grabbing ass, and yeah, you know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. But... Man, I oh wish God. we had uh, driving driving movies when we had cars. I mean, there was a few. <clears throat> well, that was your that was your makeout. I mean, well, that's, that's what I mean. It was it's so no. harder for us to get a hand job sitting next to someone than <laughs> yeah, yeah. in a car now you by go yourself. Like a, you gotta go to like a really shitty movie that nobody. Yeah, wants. yeah, I yeah. They had it easy, man. They had their own car. Like, <laughs> I know, right there's up. still a few of those drive-ins around. I think there's yeah, one in, the up by ghetto. Lakeland still. Yeah. I think there's it, one. If they're still driving, it's in the hood. Yeah. It may be. Yeah. It may be. You used yeah. to have the speaker that hooked on your yeah. window. Right. But now you just go through your radio. radio like that. Yeah. Yep. yeah, but he's right. We had to pay like 20 bucks and go to a movie that no one wanted to see and hope no yeah. one's in there. Right. Just to try to. Well, the beautiful thing about, you know, when we were, that was good for us. Not only did you, you know, you had privacy, you're in your car. But when you when you ask your date, the girl you're going out, you say, hey, you want to go out? Da, da, da. You want to go to the drive-in? And she went, yeah. Well, ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to wonder what, what, yeah. whether you were going to get lucky or at least get somewhere. You know, you at least get the second base. <laughs> yeah. If you're at the damn drive-in, for God's sake. She answered quick, too. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah Ours yeah, was elbow-to-elbow with elbow some stranger, and then yeah, you got to try to creep your way to the girl yeah the, the, the my wife over. was telling me a story about driving here and her her date were out uh, with another couple the, the the guys went into the concession stand and so they took the car and they moved it to another area so when the guys came back with all the stuff they were just laughing and giggling because the guys are trying to figure out what the car was <laughs> <laughs> oh that was so funny they that stole thing. our car so, oh yeah <laughs> That's good great. times, good times. I miss the drive-in. That was they have one still in Minneapolis, and uh, if we get there in the summertime, sometimes we'll we'll try to make an effort to get out. It's a really a nice slice of Americana still that is still and very popular. The, the because you can get in, you can see like three movies. They wow, used to have yeah. these things called Dust Till Dawns that were like they like like put five movies on. Oh, the wow. last the last movie would would be on, and you couldn't see it anymore because the light was coming oh, up. Oh yeah, and so you see with this these faded. Right. Pictures because yeah. there was no darkness anymore. It was just crazy. Uh, dust How much did it cost? Uh, you know, and well, basically like for what five bucks. You know, uh, Ruskin. 
Ruskin, Florida. There's a drive-in movie yep. theater. Stairs. We should all go. You should take the staff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. My greatest fear is mosquitoes. Yep, that's it. I think that's the only <laughs> yeah. one in the state. Uh, that's crazy. Let's see what they got going on. Yeah, there. they have uh, the first-run <laughs> movies, don't they? The Ruskin does. Uh, let's see. Let's see what movies they. Can the Last Family Drive-In. I'll first go after this. First movie was in care. 1952, Singing in the Rain. Uh, let's see. Well, they got the old-time classics up. They got. Uh, it actually sounds like a great title for a movie, yeah. The Last Family Drive. I went a couple yeah, times when I was a kid, but Captain I remember Marvel my mom would sneak me Ralph in. and the really? Internet. Like, because it was like and Dumbo's 10 bucks coming a car, soon. But over like four, you had to pay extra like five. So I would lay on the ground and they would throw like blankets up. <laughs> yeah, we'd always sneak somebody in. That was yeah, that, but that, yeah. like, how cheap are you? It doesn't matter. It's, it's the thrill of the of the sneaking. Yeah, I would lay on the ground and yep. they'd just put blankets and stuff yep, over me. Yep, yep, yep. We'd always do that. We'd, we'd sometimes do people in the trunk. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, for to save you two bucks. Yeah. yeah. So My dad would do the You're same buying thing. popcorn, man. He would have us go buy like uh, like student tickets. Or like oh, child and get, tickets. And pass them back. Yeah. And then they're like, they're like, well, we're not selling you four child tickets to Saving Private Ryan. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're trying to pull your dad. You know six six dollars a person for two movies, and kids uh, five to eight or a dollar. Mm-hmm. Four, I could pass four for eight. under free. <laughs> I wonder if they check the trunk because yeah. we always somebody That's had what we always were just say. talking we were just about. That, we always, about when I was that was part of the deal. Yeah, to sneak just to save two dollars, you just put somebody in the trunk. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. You kn- you knew you knew if you were the one that got in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're you're bottom of the fucking totem pole in that car, man. <laughs> the, the funny one is when when you go to the driving by yourself and you've got like three guys in the <laughs> trunk. Um, yeah, just um, just me. I just want to see Kinda this very <laughs> just, yeah. just by yourself. It's, it's like going to Disney World by yourself right. as, yeah. as an adult. Like I'll get know. ready. Yeah, why are you wearing a trench coat? You know, That's it. Like, Security, a man in the uh, tea, the teacup all by himself. Uh, yeah. Looks a little uh, little sketchy. <laughs> man, in, man in teacup. Yeah. Man in, in dumble ride all by himself. Man, didn't uh, Cheech adult. and Chong, they did like a sketch or like a, like a recording where somebody getting locked in the trunk at the drive-in movie theater. <laughs> probably, remember? probably. Oh, that was funny. And they, yeah. could, they couldn't find the keys or something like that. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. If not, you should write that. It's funny. Cheech. Cheech You got some time left. Maybe not. Yeah, I got a couple minutes. Am I doing 20, 25? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. fine. About in there. All right. We have a, a nice big house. What do you guys name yeah, this podcast? Yeah, I, we I mean, we were, uh, we were overbooked. It's like conversation in the green room or something. Fly on the wall. We have Fly on the wall, conversation, yeah. conversation in the green room. That's what we're calling it right now. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the whole concept is. Oh, we were going to say, you were asking, I don't know who thought of this. Yeah. And it was Lynn Coplitz, comedian, and uh, she was here. And I, I do a, I also do a video interview from stage with comics. And I, I did it for years and I got away from it. I'm going to start it back up after the show. So it'd be like after this show was over, you guys would come out and we would talk. My whole concept of that is for the audience to see, they know you as a performer, now let's get to know you as you. Right. You know, we're not really going to talk about comedy. <laughs> the audience is going to oh, man. Ugh. Well, the whole, yeah. I know, I know. I like but the whole concept so I wanted from that was, was that when you just talk, when I just talk to my patrons, 
they all think that comics are born this way, that we're like some kind of genetic mutants. Like X-Men, yeah. You know, or something. They really do. And, they, and I want them to realize that comics come from all kinds of backgrounds. Right. I mean, any kind of background you can just about think of, there's a comic that comes from that kind of background. And uh, that was that – was, so I was telling Lynn about that. She goes, I'd never do that. She goes, I ain't going to get up there and do that. She goes, she'd do a podcast from the green room. And what her concept was, of course, you know, we got our microphones in front of us. Right. She wanted us to hang mics to where the comics know that this is being recorded, but they kind of forget. Right. So that the conversation really has, it, it can get as natural as possible. But last week when we did it, I felt like even with these mics like this, yeah. I, I didn't feel like anybody was no. monitoring themselves. Everybody just kind of talked. Yeah. Same way we same way we generally talk back yeah. here, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's the concept. It'd be cool to put like a camera and stream pre-show. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Like off and on, it'll, not the whole time, come. but it'll come. This this podcast will evolve. Yeah, just like yeah. Everything else, but I mean, it'd be cool for it to be live. Yeah, it, you know, we just we ain't there yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Dreaming, it'll be there, right? Yeah. If you build it, they will come. Yes. Yeah. I Heart Radio, here we yeah, come. Yeah, exactly. Really featured. Yeah, Mark Moran's all, and this is all a, nervous. Yeah, I can say I was on one of the first episodes. Exactly. Use as a, as a tag. Yeah. Very successful podcast. We have 10 listeners now. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Four present. Four present. Yeah. But this is it, yeah, we're just trying to capture the ambience. What's it's like to be in the green room, I guess. How'd you guys figure out what um equipment equipment to buy? Um, it looks like you guys got the top of the top, but I don't know. Yeah, we have a pretty good uh, AV guy. He had it at his house. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all mine. <laughs> He's been waiting for this. Just collecting dust in my uh, basement. But uh, it's, amazing, yeah, we, it's amazing what you can buy on Top Hatter. Yeah, on Wish. Um, yeah, we did a lot of uh, research, and this is probably the better setup that we have just for... Plus, we can use the recording device for, like, so many other things, like video production and stuff like that. So, when you are doing this, and this stuff is going on in the background, is that what you hear pretty much? Yeah, it picks it up a little bit. Um, it's like yeah. you, you know somebody's performing. Like, that's the that's idea. That's cool, though. Yeah, it is kind of cool. It's, not a lot of people get to come in here, you know, and see what it's like. I mean... Even when I first started, like, started just working here, I remember, like, walking by and, like, freaking out. Yeah, go ahead and check it. Um, walking by and being, like, nervous just to even, like, engage some of the comics and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's weird, but but then, like like Les said, we're, we're all just, like, talking. Like, no, like, I've definitely done shit. podcasts after shows or, like, the, the morning before a show, but right. not, like, during a show. Yeah, yeah. It's a new new idea. No, it's, it's cool. I first uh, pitched the idea of like if it being like a like a like a teacher's lounge, like a, like like the the comedy break room almost. Oh. So it's like you know comics like drinking coffee, getting ready to do their sets, like yeah, taking their breaks before. You know? That's yeah. you need a catchy. Every good podcast has like a catchy podcast name. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't think I've come across a comedy break room before, but I'm sure something out there exists. But yeah the uh i remember i, t I actually taught high school uh, right out of college i taught seventh and eighth grade english really yeah. which i do consider my two years of service to my country <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no shit right i remember uh you know because like, gosh i was just out of college so i was only maybe 21 22 you know most of the people that were 
in the teacher's lounge were in their 30s, 40s, 50s. I was, right. you know, I was in, because in, it was 7th through 12th grade, so I taught basically 7th and 8th grade English, but I also taught like novels class in the, in the senior high. So I was closer to the age of the students than right. I was to, um, oh, really? to the, you know, so when the teachers uh -huh. would be hanging around and talking, oh, you're going to have that Steve Schulte, you're not going to like him. I go, yeah. I tell you what, why don't you let me uh, make that decision whether I'm going to like Steve Schulte or not. Don't, don't try to prejudge me into not liking this kid already. Yeah. You know, and it was funny because uh, a lot of the kids that, uh, that the, uh, uh, the teachers didn't like were the kind of burnouts, the, you know, the guy, th these guys would love shop class. They love shop class. That's right. what those kids do, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, to me, it was like, you guys are going to make a ton of money working on cars. Yeah. I said, you don't need to know the symbolism of Great Bat Gatsby's. Right, exactly. Or the, you know, uh, uh, Lord of the Flies. If you can read a book, if you can read and... It's a good start. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, if you show up in my class and you can read and you sit there and you just, you know, you're, you're going to pass my class. You right, know? right. And what I got to know a lot of these the kids uh, because it was more their age, you know. And it right. was. Uh, um, you could relate to them yeah. better than most yeah. of the teachers. So it was sort of good to be out of there after a couple of years because, you know, the, you know, the 18 year olds. <laughs> yeah. They're, you know, they're pretty hot <laughs> as opposed to the, the, the teaching staff, which was in their, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. 40s and 50s and all jaded. Yeah, all jaded. Smoking their cigarettes and, you know. Oh, I imagine what a, what a teacher's lounge like was like back then. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's when you were able to paddle people too, right? Well, there was a, there was an age. I mean, growing up, uh, where you'd be you you you'd be acting up at the supermarket, and some complete stranger would come smack you in the back of the head, wow. and just out of nowhere, I mean, you say, "Hey, you kids." Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I remember I was I knew I was a teacher when I was. Uh, uh, Solidly a teacher when I was in downtown Kokato, Minnesota, and the kids are running across the street, and I'm going, "Hey, hey, get, slow down, watch out for the cars." Right. And I'm going, "Oh, this guy, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Oh, I don't need funny. to be the." Uh, yeah. English teaching is really a tough uh, field for teachers. People, but what people don't understand about English teachers is that you can't do multiple choice questions every single and just have, you know, you read a right. chapter in, in, a, in a history thing and then you, you have a, you give a kid some uh, multiple choice and then you, you know, I got to read all the journals, I got to right. read all the essays, I got to correct all the language and it's, uh, and they didn't have interns back then, it was just like, you just did it all and it was. Yeah, no teacher's assistants or anything no. like that. No, and I was, and I wake, I'd wake up at 6 in the morning, go to bed at midnight, also was, I was directing the plays, Helping, oh, with wow. helping with speech, um, running a, a, a club, a social club for the, for the misfits. I found we, we, came, we came up with a thing called the, uh, um, the, it was like the film, it was a film society where we'd bring movies into the film, into the, like on a Friday night, once a month, we'd bring like a, a club. movie. Yeah, like a club. A club. Yeah, wow. And so they were very proud of the, their, their little club. They did a great job with it, and uh, they, uh, they became these kind of heroes at the school because... Here was this really neat thing to go do on a Friday night, when, and we would bring in things like, uh, like, I like think we brought in like uh, um, Alice in Wonderland, right. which they thought was really cool because they were like, yeah, <laughs> such a stony. <laughs> and but so she ate mushrooms, bro. Like, yeah. But we're talking about the real to reels we bring in. I mean, right, we bring right. in the projector and uh, the kids. It was it was pretty neat. Uh, um, that was pretty cool. It's packed out there. Is it? I love McCurdy's. Man, we I know you've you've been all over. Is it always just packed wherever you go? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> For you? No. For you? Yeah, I would like On to say. On a Thursday? Yeah. I, did I, a mean, I, I did a show once at a casino in Minneapolis for nobody. I mean, it literally was nobody there. Oh I invented God. an audience. 
I always said, so you where are you guys? You your time? Where are you guys? From? Yeah, I had to do my time. I had, had to do it. I wasn't going to get paid. So That's, that's so crazy. crazy. Wow. Maybe someone will walk in. Oh, yeah. Or okay. not. Yeah. And they didn't. And so I would invent a, a couple that were on a honeymoon. And then over here, I'd say, where'd you guys, oh, guys, where'd you guys go? And I, I had them heckling each other. And, uh, <laughs> it's just like your own little puppet They're show like, this here. guy's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole group of uh, invisible mime convention over there on that uh, side. I said, they're laughing. I can tell. But uh, you could. You know, I, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, the only time that ever happened to me, I went to a show. And there was like three people there. And they refunded the three people. And they still paid us. Really? I was still going to do time because so I've done time in front of nobody. Yeah, yeah, I've done time in front of two or three people. But yeah. we were like, no, let the show go. on. I drove like three and a half hours. Right, right, right. And they're like, no, we're just going to refund them and we'll still pay you guys. And I was like, whatever. Yeah. Well, we've done uh, – what I would, would do, uh, I've told them they said, don't – you can refund them in the money if you want to. But what we'll do is the comics, we'll sit down like this with them and we'll talk with them for a while. And they'll yeah. get an experience that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. They'll get a chance to us. Anyway, so if we can throw in some material during the time yeah. that we're talking with them, we'll do it, you know. But we, we lead them on to things, and we just, you know, toss a few things. And we sit around for have a drink with them and just uh, in, in, you know, shoot the bull for a, about an hour or so, and they just loved it. The people were like, I said, you know, I came all this distance to be in this, this mo- present moment, yeah. and they came all this distance to be in this present moment. And why just to say, okay, nothing's going to happen, so you guys go and you guys cheer yeah. some money. Yeah, you know, nothing happened there. Two mm-hmm. of the people on their first date. It was like a younger couple. Really? And they were on their first date. And they were like excited. We just drank with them at the bar. Really? Yeah. 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 Sometimes it happens that way, though. I did a show once. Uh, uh, it, was a, it was a convention for doctors up in the northern Wisconsin at a lodge. And so uh, they had been in this and in the lodge room all for expo and teaching and stuff like all and so then we came in to do our comedy thing and you could tell they were just done right and so nothing i mean we i did my show the other comic did their show nothing i mean they <laughs> literally doctors nothing so we go over to the the, the bar and we said we're having a drink and one of the doctors kind of shows up and goes hey you guys uh you know hey it was a long day and you know but uh, you want to hear a joke i go yeah i would love to hear a joke so he starts telling us a joke. Another doctor comes down. He sits down and goes, "You tell him, oh, I know, God, I got a joke for you." And one by one by one, all these doctors oh that were sitting in that room came down and they entertained us for an <laughs> hour and a half, telling their favorite jokes. It was like I said, yeah, this would be like a great one act play. Just right, sort of play. Yeah. It was just beautifully set up. I mean, by the time that thing was over, that everybody was roaring and everybody right. had their moments and they had their favorite jokes that they could tell because. All these people hadn't heard this. Like the wife always goes, I've never heard this. I've heard his jokes before, you know. Right, and right. But you're up in the middle of nowhere with, with people you don't hardly know, and you're telling a joke that you know how to tell. Right. And that's so important. I think when pil- I tell people, I said, get to know like three really good jokes and tell them really, really well. I mean, rehearse them, you know, give them some, some life. So you have And em. you will have these jokes forever, and you can always do, you know, and people love a good joke. They yeah. just love it. They love it. Live it. street joke. They just yeah. love it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And down here, especially with our, uh, the demographic being older, um, I have found that you just have you incorporate old jokes as best you can with it because this is the crowd that still really likes that old school joke telling. You know, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I see like a lot of the hosts they'll they'll especially if the crowd's not on their side they'll just tell a street joke. Oh yeah, you know? and everybody responds to it usually. You know? 
it just it, it just works. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like it's. I always say if you're if you're a comic, you always want to have some street jokes in your back pocket because you're going to find out you're going to be in a situation where you look at the audience and they're a different demographic than you are. Why not have those? Okay, mm -hmm. uh, how about just like nothing's working? They go. Well, how about just some jokes? When uh, these are my favorite jokes. Some joke jokes. And yeah. boom, you know, if you can, if you've got enough of them, you can get. Sometimes you can get them up, and they're telling their jokes. I mean, it, a lot of things can happen if you're willing to to, to go off script with it. And, uh, I say that's a, just a nice little thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah, I, need, I, 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 I'm one of those comics that doesn't have any of those, and it's amazing because people will ask me the same thing. Like, oh, what's your you're, best joke? You're or a comedian telling a joke, and I'm like. I'm not going to do my set in front of you. Like, yeah. That's a yeah. terrible idea as yeah. one person. It's going to be out of context yeah. and stuff. So yeah, People well, don't un really get that, do they? They don't understand that you can't just do your stand-up comedy. Oh, it's yeah. brutal. Yeah, it is. It's so it's bad. Really, that's everyone's first response. Oh, you're a comedian? Tell me a joke. Mm -hmm. You're like, no. I always yeah, say my, my response to that is like, are you going to pay me? You know what I mean? Like, it's just something to get yeah, out I of it. Yeah, I tell them I'll, uh, mm -hmm. my next show is this. I'll yeah, give them yeah. a date. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. Come and see out. But it's super weird. You can't just do your set. It, it's not some girl like, oh, that. I'm a stripper, and you're like, get naked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's weird. At church, you know? It's yeah. like <laughs> At church. Yeah, my, my standard is they say, say something funny. I go, you're a good-looking guy. <laughs> there you and go. I go, I said, it's it's impossible to – this is uh, Jake Johansson was in a, on an airplane, and he goes – and somebody said, oh, you're a comedian. You, you, do something do, do funny. He goes, he goes I'm, 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 not, I'm not doing it now. <laughs> yeah. It was just yeah. a great line. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing it. Now. I'm not doing it. You know, and it really is what it is. I mean, you, you, they. I think a lot of audiences doesn't get. Uh, um, people don't get that it's about. It's so much about the environment. Yeah. Right. You got to have the people. And you got to have the focus. You got to have. You know, if you can't see us and you can't hear us. I mean, I've gone to a number of these private parties where I go, I walk on and I, they can hear me okay, but the lighting is horrible. Right. 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 I go. So I always bring like when I'm in Minnesota and I've got. I bring my own set of lights with me oh, just wow. to have in case I need to put some some wash on, you know. Right. So it's a uh, it's it's really a, it's it's such an important thing to be able to see what you're doing, you know. I think so. Uh, that's what I learned just from working here is like the subtle tricks, like making sure that everybody's packed in tight, mm -hmm. uncomfortable. You don't want them to be comfortable, right? Because um, they they won't pay attention if they're comfortable. Uh, crank down the AC so it's nice and cold. You know what I mean? Um, there's just like things that I learned just from throwing open mics that have made the open mics that I run. Be way make better. sure the audience is close to the stage. Right, and then the lighting too is like one thing I've learned is if the whole room's too lit up, the 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 audience feels self conscious. They feel like they can be seen too easily. Like so they're, they're less likely to like let loose and laugh at things that they're that they wouldn't normally yeah. laugh at. So and I found that uh, when I'm doing a private show, I, I come in early before everything, and I make sure that things are set up correctly. Yeah. Uh, I used to walk in like 15 minutes before, and I'd look around and go, "Where am I? Oh, uh, you see, you're gonna you're behind the buffet table <laughs> on that stage." I go, right. "You're not gonna move the buffet table? No. <laughs> no. no. People can go right right up to it and get." Chicken wings, while you're doing your set. Yeah, the bar is gonna be right behind you. Yeah. Okay. That's the worst that I've found is like when the bartenders like loud, and like talking, like right over like during mm. the set. Oh yeah. <laughs> like they have no etiquette whatsoever, and you're like, like, am I getting heckled by the bartender right now? Like, what is happening? Yeah. You're on my side, asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, trying to make you money. Oh uh, well, it, it seems to me I was thinking about the shows that I do well and the shows that are that I don't do well. And you can, I've been in this business for, you know, over 30 years and you yeah. still have nights where it 
they're just not buying whatever it is that you've got to sell. It's just yeah. the chemistry, the whatever it is. Uh, whatever it is. And um, uh, I go back afterwards and really think through the bad shows. I rarely think through the good shows. The good right. shows, it's the bad shows that probably make you probably are better for you in a way, in a way because yeah. the, they really go, what could I have done to have engaged that audience somehow, or how could I have gotten out of my uh, Auto, right. auto my autopilot where I just kind of went into auto gear and just started doing my show because I knew they weren't really getting into it just so I just like I'm just yeah basically yeah. you know and I hate doing that because I love the present moment of what stand-up comedy is right. it's that moment I mean why are people still coming to see stand-up live when they can see it on the internet because yeah. there's something different about live comedy than there is watching it on a, a 2d screen you know it's very yeah. true you yeah. just it, there's this magic spark that's happening um, that you don't know what's going to happen, and it's, it's a learning curve too for a lot of people. They they need to understand the difference because now you have generations growing up that have never been to a comedy club because they're not allowed in it, mm -hmm. but they're watching Netflix stand up comedies yeah. and they're laughing their asses off. But they don't understand how much better it would have been to be right there. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah, it's it's the um, the invari the in the variables. You know, the, all the variables are the that would make sometimes make a really interesting. You yeah, know, the interaction with the audience, the breaking the fourth wall is important to learn how to do that. Um, you can't; it's not a play that we're doing, right? You know, exactly. I always tell people it's the best first date or even a you know a good date yeah. going to a live stand-up show. Oh, for sure. Besides the one with three people, but find out what she's laughing at. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's <laughs> yeah. more like I don't know; it's more involved in a movie. A movie, you sit quiet the whole time. Right, mm -hmm. right. And afterwards, you go, oh, that was good. You know? Yeah, you know, maybe you have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And you're going, she likes the blowjob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> she likes the dick jokes. Right. Yeah, but I had a lot of friends come out to shows since I started for the first time, and they're like, bro, I'm, and they're hooked now. Yeah. You know? I've had so many friends that, like, go see shows probably once, twice a week. Yeah. That I'm not even on because they got it's hooked. just a good time. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. a lot of local clubs offer free tickets. Or, oh, yeah. That's how they get them you in. You know, or discounted tickets. It's a, it's a, it's it could be a cheap date. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I've also seen first dates go horribly wrong, though. At a comedy oh, club. yeah. Well, <laughs> like, it's usually when a drunk dude goes to heckle. Exactly. And gets demolished. Somebody's getting kicked out and stuff. And yeah. You know, that's terrible. Are you bring up something and they respond truthfully? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know? Exactly. She's the best lay you ever had. He's like, no, nah, I was my ex, but uh, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, you're an idiot. Yeah, you just fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen that too many times. Just from working security at a club. Like, I've been the reason that, yeah. that, 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 that like, the guy isn't getting laid that night. Because you know? <laughs> he's just acting like such so a So how fool. does that, I mean, how do you deal with being the bouncer? I mean, that's got to be a strange thing to well, do. Well, I'm glad it's this club and not, like, some uh, some like in Tampa because yeah. you're dealing with a lot of older people so I've never felt like physically threatened except for a few times where I was like oh this person's crazy but uh, mostly you're just trying to get them out of the room without them disturbing the show like that's the trick like you gotta in here you guys get verbal warnings and stuff like that do, yeah. in New York and stuff like that they don't play the first yeah the first like you talking too loud you're gone yeah that kick them out yeah but the thing is like when you do kick somebody out it can it can cause a disturbance in the show like almost more than than them just talking yeah so it's like it's, you gotta find that weird balance i mean i had one time this guy stood up in the middle of the show and he starts yelling he's like yeah y'all suck this guy's terrible 
and me and the manager happened to be walking right behind him as soon as he stood up. And as soon as he stood up, we just both grabbed him around the arm. was like, all right, you're gone. <laughs> and he just, like, just, like, without him even realizing that he was getting kicked out. We're like, oh, we're just going to talk to you real quick. We just yeah. want to talk to you. We got him into the hallway. Once we got him in the hallway, we're like, yeah, you're not going back in there. Mm-hmm. You just stood up and, like, yelled out. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're done. You're done drinking. Like, yeah. you got to go. You know what I mean? Make him pay the tab. There are some out. rooms that you do, the, especially these one-nighters, they have no policing whatsoever. Oh, no. They basically put the show on and assume that you're going to handle any of the situations. Right. Um, generally, when I go, I find out, what's, what's our safe word? What do we, what, 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 what's our safe word? What, yeah. what, is, what, do, what do we have here so that I can let you know that yeah. uh, I want this this handled? Because I'm a, a, ver- a pretty benign comic, and I have a really hard time right. uh, dealing with uh, with hecklers. I can do it, but real drunk boy, hecklers, I don't I don't want to. Uh, I just yeah. really see. I, I I go if you want to. Be a, yeah, if you want to be asked on my show, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I've gone back and forth for 10, 12 minutes. Really. Yeah. yeah, because like you said, those smaller shows, one-nighters, uh, there's nobody there. The yeah. bartenders are all female. You're like the only male in the place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. You can't let the, some guy destroy your show. No, you can't. Plus, it's uh, just added like 10 more minutes of stuff where you don't have to now. I, can, I only got you know 20 more minutes yeah. left to go. Sometimes, sometimes you'll see the comic, like the, he'll accidentally get too vicious. He or she will get too vicious, and they'll turn the crowd against them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what always scared me. So I, I always try to, like, make them seem like they're the, the idiots that interrupted the show. And, and there are also comics that un- intentionally try to rile so that they – because that's part of their act is to, is to take care of that. They, yeah. they, want, they want that interaction. They want that bang. You know, right. They, they want to do it. It's um, a setup almost. Yeah, so they they're, they're so set them up on purpose. Bait and switch or something. Oh like yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching uh, uh, Rosie O'Donnell out in uh, L.A. a long time ago, and she just she came out and just reamed on some guy. It's something that had happened prior to us having sat down, but she was oh, wow. not going to let whatever was. And she just all she did was just, I mean, wow. she and it wasn't funny really. It was just she was just pissed at him. Yeah, and, and I went whoa. Make I an example. I said, of something. never want to sit in the front row. I can <laughs> see why people don't want to be. A, either the people in the front row here at McCurdy's are generally sat down and they go, "Oh, I guess we're in the front row," and that. Mm. And some of them are like, "Oh, I, I hope that we get involved with the show." Most of them are. I mean, when I, I, I serve here, so you'll be seating people, and they'll go, "Oh no, we didn't. We didn't buy tickets in the front row." And I'm like, "I'm like, nobody bought tickets here. Like this. This is a free show. Most of most of the people are for freebies. Like we're gonna put you wherever we want to put yeah. you." And uh, I have people like, oh, no, no, we're not going to sit here. And one of my favorite lines that another server told me, he goes, uh, he goes, just say this. He goes, next time they say that, go, hey, don't worry. This isn't SeaWorld. You're not in the splash zone. <laughs> just sit them down. And most of the time, that's like, good. you know, like it's rare that I, we do have a comic that that does a lot of crowd work. That's like going to people all the time. And like, I'll, I'll let them know. I'm not I'm not a dick. I like. If they really are uncomfortable sitting up front, I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, this comic does kind of go to the to the front row a lot. So if you're not prepared for that, maybe don't don't sit here. Yeah, I didn't know. I saw you can get on this mic if you want. Yeah, but I think probably a good time to be moving towards that uh, door. <laughs> that was weird. Did you hear you hear music play? I heard yeah. I heard yeah, music for the play. listeners, Vinny just ducked underneath three mics and tried to army crawl to the stage because he thought his time was going on. <laughs> I, I thought he said your next comic coming up. Then I heard like woo. Like, oh. it's, it's probably one of the scariest things for us backstage is to be sitting here talking 
and suddenly yep. you hear the music and go, oh, I'm oh, yeah. I'm walking on stage now. Oh, yeah, shit. I've never done a live podcast while yeah. the show's going. So yeah, yeah. 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 I because mean, normally at this point we're kind of like starting to move into our uh, yeah, zone. Yeah, checking the time. Yeah, I love waiting is really, really one of the hardest things about stand-up comedy. The waiting to go on sometimes that you can, can open the door. That can so just you can drive you crazy. And the waiting. The waiting. Yeah, you yeah. just want to get started. Yeah, right. I find that weird. Like, Here he goes. I right, see you guys. All right, all right. Go get him, Vinny. Yeah, I've had uh, break a funny bone. People always think that I'm like not nervous before a show because I'm like yawning. For some reason, I get exhausted, bef- like while I'm waiting to do my set, I'm like yawning and I'm, like I'm just sitting there, like kind of staring off in the distance. And people are always like, "Oh, he's like the Ice Man, like he's not." And I'm like, "No, I'm super nervous. Like it's taking a lot out of me, actually. That's how much like I'm just exhausted for whatever reason." I know it's when I, when I get when I get home, I realize. I mean, I, I didn't feel like I did that much on stage, but I go, I'm like, man, I, there was that there's some kind of a weird workout that I yeah. just did. That was, uh, you know, how are they? They're great. Good. They are. They are. They're. they're uh, Right. And, 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 of course, I kept it on the cleaner side. Yeah. <laughs> right. you know, and, of course, uh, before that, the, you had Pauly Shore and uh, Let's Yeah, I know. I know. You know. I, yeah, I was, I was getting ready to uh, – I, I saw the, the trailer for the first time last night, and I went, yeah, we might want to find another one. Oh, yeah, because uh, – Well, you could have two, and depending on who the headliner is. If it's the headliner, somebody cusses a lot and stuff, and you can throw that one in. Right. You know, but yeah, I said yeah. The, pussy's I, a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do like a PG-13 show, and in, in the the trailers, right, you, know, you show the comics coming up, and it's all f bombs. I go, well, that's pretty much the end of that. Sums yeah. it up, yeah. yeah. That won't be me. It was funny you had the music cue that went on in your show, and was it D- Danny? Is his name? Vinny. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Bolton. Like, yeah, he tried. He was like. <laughs> It was funny. Like, That's nice. Have you ever, did, have you, I don't, and I'm sure I probably asked you this before. Have you ever just for the hell of it gone? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna cuss a lot tonight. I mean, I'm just gonna do my show, but I'm gonna cuss. Oh yeah, I, I did one uh, uh, at that uh, stupid. Uh, that was a ball busters or gut busters or whatever. What, it's that thing that's that. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Yeti uh, put tries to put on uh, out oh. in out in some little. I mean, it was. Oh, I don't know. I just. Said, I know who you're oh, talking just about. just recently. Oh, oh yeah. Had you ever done that before? Uh, long time ago. But I said, what, you know, tonight I'm gonna. I just went whatever. I just did whatever I felt like. I, I became Bob Saget on stage. Put yeah. That way. <laughs> I'm gonna shut. This. Oh no, we leave it open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we like the sound of it coming in. The laughter in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the the ambience but that's interesting in that last week none of the comics nobody here would stepped up to shut the door but no. that was but that was a natural thing for you to do mm-hmm. you know to go oh that's interrupting the conversation mm-hmm. you know what I mean kind of a thing where you know we like that part of it is is that ambient sound that people listening and I don't remember now you heard you listen you listened to our, our first one just yeah. recently. How much of that um, actually do you hear did you hear? You can't understand most of it, but when nobody's talking or when somebody maybe one person's talking, you can definitely hear it in the background. Yeah. Um, but you can just hear that there's a it's kinda it's kinda like a Charlie Brown, it's kinda like a wah wah. 
Yeah, it's almost like uh, if you were at a concert and you were in like the quieter part of the hall. Right. And you can kind of hear, like, you, you know there's a show going on. Yes, yeah. but you can't hear anything specific, which nah. to our ear, we can't, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, but the mics don't pick that up so much, much, you know. Do we do we know anything about this audience tonight? Is there uh, uh, birthdays? Did you do anything like that? I did. I did do some birthdays. Yeah. I, uh, I had uh, any, any anniversaries? You know, no anniversaries. I did. Well, there may be some out there because you know I, there was a lot of reaction to, to birthdays. birthdays and anniversaries because you know there's so much so you much can of only our crowd. Do so many of them, right? Yeah, and I think I did maybe four or five. That's plenty. And yeah. so there's more out there. Um, there was a guy. There was two. Trina and Wolfie, and they were sitting. You know, it was like you could tell the people they yelled out. They were. I said, "Do you do you know each other?" And and Trina, I was talking. She goes, "Yeah, yeah, we know each other." And then Wolfie goes, "I took your. I've been on your stage. They. It's always the comedy class, and you always know that. But yeah. they never say I took your class. No. Almost never. They always say I performed on your stage." kind of a thing and it was like and he goes your memory's going and I said no you're not that memorable (laughs) and the crowd was like oh and I said look Wolfie I said I've had over 4,000 students bro no I'm not gonna remember Wolfie you know no I don't I mean you even you had to do something pretty bizarre you know. And probably back then he was cubby, you know. He probably, <laughs> he probably wasn't even a wolfie at that point, you know. So, but uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you got him good, exactly. But you know, but it's funny because the crowd, you know, they they people come up to me all the time that have taken the class and just assume. Oh, not only that, people you just talk to in the audience. Hey. I, you know, they'll come down the streets. Hey, my name's Marge. You know, you, you know, you were. I was in your show that mm-hmm. time. You mm-hmm. know, and they'll, you'll just assume that you'll know. Or of course. Yeah. What, what? Why would you, would I not remember Marge? Yeah. In my show. That's right. Because that different? was the night that it was magic. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> Nothing you said you could have ever said before. You know. That's like uh, when I'm when I'm when I first started doing the open mics here. People like comics would come up to me and be like, is, is less is less watching? Is less here? And I was like, no. <laughs> it's, it's very rare he sticks around, man. Like he's got better things to do than watch open micers. You know what I mean? Not much. Yeah. No. It's much. funny how hecklers always think that they're help helping. That you know. Oh, yeah. they just, I remember funny. this one guy said, oh man, uh, uh, he was just the worst. It was you know those hecklers were just you know, annoying, like a gnat that you mm-hmm. can't keep swatting at throughout the show and, and it was one of those places that didn't have good policing we talked about that uh, while you were on stage but uh, um, it was like then he comes up he goes where are you going to be next week because I'll come uh, I'll come and help you out again and I go uh, I'm, in, I'm in Coon Rapids I'm not going to be in Coon Rapids <laughs> but uh, you know that's it. okay yeah yeah I'll be there I'll be there <laughs> yeah there was some lady this is a I remember it was Grand Rapids Michigan and she was one of those hecklers that was like really really drunk yeah <laughs> And uh, afterwards, the guy, he's he's taking her out, you know, and he's got to go to the bathroom. So he he doesn't know what to do with her. So he takes her and leans her up against the wall with her forehead against the wall. She's just standing there. Goes to the bathroom, goes to the bathroom. He comes back and takes her off the wall. (laughs) And that's the woman that was making noise all night. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know. So funny. It is. 
And it just, it, it, well, we say it, you know, heckling, we, we have that in our opening statements. Mm-hmm. We don't want it, you know. But you ever thought I mean, about it's having, old school. It was ever, old school. You ever thought about having playbills? Like little uh, little things where people open up and they and they read about the comic a little bit and what's coming up and there's a little, like like a like a theater almost. Well, we have, we, we have our flyers that yeah. that promote the next four weeks mm-hmm. that do that. We we there is, is it on the table? No, it's at the front door, oh, so okay. they can pick them up. We you 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 get too much shit on the table. Oh, we yeah. used to put everything out there and and if it was paper, it'd just get trashed. Yeah. People would put their drinks on it, and you know, and so it would just get trashed. You would actually, and that's thinking, the thing about if you were hand, more like one of those plastic things. But I'm gonna tell you, if you handed them out like you did at a play, mm-hmm. unlike at a play, they're sitting at a table and they're getting ready to get drinks and food. Mm-hmm. So that playbill, even if they look at it, is gonna get thrown on the table and they're gonna set their drink on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just gonna end up trashed. Yeah. So I would rather do that digitally, you know, or they could read it coming in or have something that's up on a, up on a screen when they walk in that goes, here's what's, here's what's going on tonight. You do that anyway, don't you? I do. You've got the things that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, that's a lot cheaper. Well, it just gets the, it's just, the paper just turns to trash. I noticed you don't have popcorn anymore. No. <laughs> Thank God. Pam said, and we had popcorn, what, for 14 years yeah. at the other location. Yeah. And that was one of our biggest, to this day, people still come up and go, I really miss the popcorn. And Pam said, when we moved from the North Trail, which is a funky area mm-hmm. of Sarasota, to downtown, the ritzy area, she goes, the carnival food stayed behind. <laughs> But you know why we don't have popcorn? I tell everybody this. No. You can't hit your fucking mouth. Yeah. I go, if you, either you could not believe how much popcorn it take. It took us at least 10 minutes longer to turn a house because of cleaning up nothing but popcorn. popcorn yep. We had to bring in big, uh, um, those, uh, industrial, industrial, vacuums. not vacuum cleaners, those, uh, uh, uh shop backs. Oh yeah. Uh, a vacuum cleaner wouldn't do it. We had to bring and the big ones just to clean up popcorn, and then it and then it trashes the carpet yep. because yeah, the oils and stuff get yeah. into the carpet. And we would sit there and go, "These are grown up people, and you're not talking about underneath a table, ten kernels. You're talking about they put one in their mouth and they took the next handful and <laughs> threw it on the floor. Yeah. And I mean, that's yeah. the way it was. Yeah. Well then. How about the salted peanuts in the shell? That would be better, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We used to have a bar that we'd uh, go down. It was called Williams Pub. And you go down to the basement. They had the they had the little things of pe- peanuts. I mean, you could, yeah. And you could take one of those things. And they had a whole back or area with pinball machines, just pinball. And yes. so you could take that thing with a beer. And I had one machine that I knew how to win. And I could sit there for a, like a quarter, maybe two quarters, and play all night long with a beer, maybe two beers, and just eat nothing but peanuts. You know, it was like yes, it was like. I was in yes. the and Could you throw the shells yep, in the floor? On the floor. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I love, yep. I love those kind of places. There's a, and and the, I, I still one of my great most fun. And I know I've told this to you. Fun daughter daddy stories was Taylor was three, and, uh, and maybe even between two and three, you right. know. But she was walking, talking, you know. And I took her to spring training, 
at Ed Smith Stadium. I think back then we had the Chicago White Sox, I think it was. Okay. And so first time we go in, we sit down in the bleachers, and here comes the, the concession guy, you know. And she's like, who's that? I said, he brings treats. <laughs> she goes, he just brings them? I go, yeah. She goes, can we get something? I go, yeah. So we got a couple of sodas, and we got a bag of peanuts. So she takes a peanut out, and she cracks it, gets her peanut, and she's got the shell in her hand. And I, she goes, Daddy, where do I put that? And I go, throw it on the ground. She looked at me like, what? I said, just throw it on the ground. And she was like, and she was like, she took, she couldn't open them fast enough just to throw the shells on yeah. the ground. And I said, you know what else you can do here, Taylor, at the baseball game? I said, the pitcher is for the other team. I said, you can stand up and scream as loud as you can. You're terrible. You don't know how to play baseball. <laughs> and of course, all the people around us started encouraging her, right? And Taylor was the type, you know, she just, here she goes, you know. And she sat down and she looked at me at some point and she goes, don't tell mom. <laughs> Do not tell mom. I'm, I'm almost positive mom will not let us come back here. <laughs> Have you ever done that on stage? Have you ever done that story? You know, I haven't. And it's a, a good little story. It's a good story. little story. Uh -huh. yeah. you know. Especially when you got a kid now coming up, uh, you know, and so it'll be soon that uh, um, Satan. Yes. <laughs> Satan, Satan. Will be... Uh, I had to go. Had Zayden today. Take take Zayden to the, the ball game. Had him for a couple and you can hours. You do that whole today. story all over again. Today I had him in. Uh, it's my my grandson, and uh, he just hit three months. And so today I had him, and he would just sit in my lap. He likes to sit up. He's at, he's big enough now. He likes to sit up in your lap. Right. You know, right. And we're watching basketball, and I'm talking to him the way I talk to you. <laughs> God, I can't believe in you. Yeah. And so at some point I go. Usually whenever. He, like, whenever he does something in his diaper, he lets you know immediately. Like, he's like a little old man. It's like once he – he won't sit and piss for ten minutes. You never have to worry about this kid getting a diaper rash. Right, right. As soon as something happens, he's like, <laughs> you know, and you'll – and now they have diapers, there's a little line, and it's yellow. When the line turns blue, they're wet. Oh. So you don't have to guess. Right. So, you know, I had to reach in and smell. No. Do the old reach in Remember, and you smell. had to reach in and feel, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you had to do. Yeah. It'd be poop. You'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> you know. So, so we were sitting there, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh. He, didn't, he wasn't being fussy. I go, you got a poop diaper. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, Everybody's got a poop diaper. Well, we go in. He doesn't. He doesn't. This little bastard farts like an old man. I mean, <laughs> he farts like, I'm like, holy crap, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, I never knew a baby that farted Raunchy. in a way that was like, well, you just shit yourself, you know. <laughs> and, uh, Does he do the, 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 the fart and smile bit? Because that's just like, I'm pretty proud of that one. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen him do that yet, but I'm sure that's coming. So when do, when do kids stop uh, being, it's, you're three months, right? So when, mm -hmm. do, we, when do we stop saying, months and we start moving into years when does that happen what do you think after two after two basically yep, after two so 11 months and 16 then months and 18 months two is as a matter of fact clothes and the way doctors will say you do this at this point they use months all and I actually i'll see things at 24 months now there's stuff that you'll see clothes will say 36 months 
So uh, there's even in some cases they'll use it up to three years. I'm glad uh, that we we just changed it to years because I would hate to say, yeah, I just turned 660 months today. <laughs> I love it when I had a lady in the audience last night that said, and I was talking, I think it was a how long thing, married, or and it was 14 and a half years. And I went, there's a gender thing. You will never in your life have a man answer you with a half year on an anniversary or marriage. They'll right. ne never, 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 never. No, because basically they have, but because they always go, uh, <laughs> yeah, to, of course. Uh, 14, 14 is, uh, but it, that's, that's how much, say. to me, that's how much more important the relationship mm -hmm. is to the woman than it is to the man in yeah. some cases. How long have you been married? Ah, a while. Woman, yeah. 14 years and, and eight the, months. And the worst response, tomorrow. and the worst response, too long. Oh, yeah, of course. That's the, of course. The long enough. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks a lot for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You those marriages that just get to the point where it's just a mutual roommate. Right, right. You know. I'm going to start doing my move around sure. here. It's so. like, why are you still married? You go, well, tax reasons, obviously. <laughs> no, there's tax reasons, and we don't have sex anymore, and we don't want to have sex with other people either. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to be a bother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like, you know, we're, yeah. we know how to coexist. Right, right. And that's what we do. I'm going to have you uh, put one of these wacky glasses in that here in your hat. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so that'll be awkward. You know, it's really sad about these things. Just like, I could not find these for three years. I remember, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I knew you were having trouble. You know, you know where you can find these now? Walmart. Contact the manufacturer. Or you no, no, I still can't find them anywhere. Oh, I can, really? I can just like get lucky and I go to some WalMarts and there they are. Um, in fact, I was I was on an elevator. I don't know if you can hear me. Yet. Yeah. Uh, I was on an elevator today as we were as we were coming down from the uh, and some lady. I said, Oh, well, I'm your comedian tonight, and she goes like this and she takes a pair of my glasses oh, and nice. puts them on because I said my stalker. You <laughs> <laughs> bought those when you were in the other club. Oh wow! Oh wow! So that's at least five years ago. At least. At least five. Yeah. So, but but isn't it so weird that you cannot find the manufacturer of this goofy, weird little I tried. kids' I, goofy I spent glasses? Literally hours. On the well, and John DeCross has a son. He has a pair of glasses that look like they're that look like big nerd glasses, and they've got the magnified. Mm -hmm. Eye lenses in. Oh yeah, like yeah. yeah. Remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what he has. But he ran into the same thing. He goes, I used to sell them, but he goes, I can't, I can't find them. And every once in a while, I'll run across them, but you know, they're just. But you would think, why would you be if you're making these, unless they've got an exclusive with Walmart and they can't sell to anybody else. And that is the case with some mm -hmm. products, but. I can't imagine that Walmart would take this I, and go, well, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this is ours. It's it's nobody else. Don't mess their pants. I thought yeah. Walmart.com to find them, and I can't find them there either. Right. So I don't know what the deal is with them. But, uh, so, um, you, need to, you need to hook up with a buyer that works for Walmart somehow and bribe them. I'll <laughs> give you a hundred bucks. Tell me where you get these things. I swear to God. Well, my friend, I have friends that just, you should just find some place that will make them for you. 
think it's gonna be hour and a half we just keep going yeah um we're gonna try to condense it down like chop it down Nobody, i don't think anyone's gonna listen to two hours of this but try to get down like unless you're joe rogan yeah exactly once we get on joe rogan's level then yeah. they'll listen for two for hours four hours yeah yeah my buddy sent me a podcast uh a couple days ago it's two hours and 45 minutes 
Logan. Yeah. His podcasts are where the you can you can almost stop where you're listening and then three hours, three days later come back to it and just kinda like maybe rewind a couple seconds and you'll like you'll you'll pick off right where it's almost like a book yeah. on tape. It's really weird how he does it. But it's right? crazy. It was like three hour podcast, my boy's like, Yeah, I listened to it like four times already. Yeah. I'm like, That's insane. It's crazy. I can't even watch a movie for if I'm into the movie, hour and a half is like all I got. Really? Maybe hour forty five. Yeah, some of those movies get too long. Like though. Star Wars, I never got, I never got in that. Star Wars binge. Godfather. Star Wars. No. I, I'm yeah, I've I've seen like half of Godfather like fifteen times. Right. right but Star right. Wars, no, I can't. I've seen a few of them, but they're just they're two and a half, three hours long. Mm-hmm. I can never get. Are it. they really? But they're remember. long. Yeah. Star Wars are long. I remember Avatar was like three hours, and I was like, I did that, that seems yeah. a bit excessive, yeah. Yeah, I, d- I didn't remember it being that long. Um, what was Gone with the Wind? Gone with the Wind, actually, when it was in the movie theaters, had an intermission. Really? Really? Yes. Damn. I read that book. We had to read that book in like, did you have to read that book? No. I had to read that book in like eighth grade or something to, read to like, like pass I read like a Mouse and Men and stuff like that Mouse and Men yeah but yeah. Gone with the Wind we had to read no, I never read Gone I didn't Wind. know that was a movie so it was a movie first then a book no it's book first book okay. first yeah, it's book always book first, first right always Most of the book time. first yeah, yeah. generally yeah. generally yeah it's kind of weird to write a book after a movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's no way to get all the book into the movie no 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 just, there's just no yeah. way you know but I don't think, yeah, I don't remember Gone with the Wind ever being required reading for my age group because everybody had seen the movie. I mean, it was See? just, it was just really? such an iconic yeah. movie uh, back then. Right. I mean, I saw it at the movie theater when I was I yeah. don't know, ten or something like that. I don't know what year. Well, in Hillsborough County, you can't graduate eighth grade unless you yeah. read that and pass the test on it. Yeah, I did. I did. I I did the same book report. On Animal Farm, sophomore, junior, and senior year in high school. Same book. You had different Animal, teachers. Animal yes, and no, not one. Nobody caught me on. <laughs> That's <it>. awesome. <laughs> See, for us, um, in 1984, they had Animal <laughs> Farm in 1984. For us, it started. Uh, there was SparkNotes.com, which you can basically Google whatever in there, or search engine whatever in SparkNotes, and it would give you. Oh, like if you were copywriting somebody else's. Thing or? Yeah, like Spark Notes was just basically you could search Gone with the Wind and it would give you a brief description of the entire book. It'll tell you what to write about, right, main right. characters. So you can bullcrap the whole report. When I was in college, they had a thing called Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes, yep. And that was the same thing. It was the abbreviate. So nobody read the book. Right, right. But just, then the teachers got sharp to yeah. that. Yeah. So they would read the Cliff Notes and make sure that. Ask something out you of You had that. to have answers yeah. outside of the cliff notes. Yeah, yeah. see, well, that's the thing. SparkNotes was working for like two years, and then teachers caught on. Yeah. And they would ask you something outside of that. Like, what was the dog's name? And you're like, yeah. uh. Plagiarism was no joke with teachers. Yeah. I remember uh, the biggest, one of the biggest compliments I ever got. It didn't start off as a compliment. I did a book report on The Hobbit when I was in seventh grade. Oh, yeah. And she, I remember turning in, and the teacher was like, you're doing a book report on The Hobbit? Like your seventh grade, like it was like it was just like she was a surprise, a little bit more of advanced reading level. Mm-hmm. It was also a really boring fucking book, by the uh-huh. way. But I did, a, I did, a, I, did oh, I, I wrote it all myself, and she held, withheld my paper for two weeks while she tried to research and see see where I stole it from. 
That's how good it was. She was like, I don't nice. believe you. you. There's no way you fucking wrote this. And I was like, me and my mom were being like in meetings. And I was like, I swear I watched them fucking write this thing. And, <laughs> and she's like, there's no way. I'm sorry, but I know you think your kids, uh, you know, God. Yeah. You know, no, there's no way he wrote this. And I was like, I was like. I'm like crying. <laughs> I'm like, I fucking wrote it, man. Like, yeah. I watched the. Yeah, I know how this book, this book works. Like, it was nice. I was like, oh, thanks for the compliment. That, that was, was one of the first. I didn't start reading. I never was a reader in in high school. No, me neither. No, I mean, I, I I hated to read. I just hated to sit still that long. Yep. But when I got in college, I got where I could focus a little bit. Well, I was smoking pot. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, you know, but. I remember reading The Hobbit and the trilogy. It was right. one of the yeah. first long, first series I'd yeah. ever plowed through. But I really enjoyed them. You know, they, to me, that was like reading Harry Potter now. Yeah, it was a If you got fictional. into it. Yeah. You know, that, that fiction. And I love those characters. And and I love the, the fact that finally they made a, 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 the movies that a good did, movie. did justice to the book. Peter Jackson, yeah, directed Yeah, he finally, because they tried a few and they just sucked. No, and, yeah. And you know, another series of books that, if you've never read them, are Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzans. And if you've never read oh, yeah. the, the the real, the, the books, Tarzan is a motherfucking, like, he's he's like, why, he, he does all kinds of shit. Really? Yes. The Adventures he, of Tarzan. Yes, the yeah, Adventures yeah. of He's not just some guy that lives in the jungle. Right. You know? I mean, like in the Tarzan <laughs> yeah. book. He's just not some guy listening to the jungle. No, it's like he dude. starts there. <laughs> like he knows him. He starts in the jungle, and then of course he meets Jane, and right. Jane, through Jane, he becomes civilized, and then Jane leaves. She goes back to really? America, right? She, right, she's, right. Or she, she yeah. well, she's British. Yeah, she was British. I, I think, think she, she was American, but she had a British family or something like that. Yeah, and so. She goes back home, and so there was. So at that point, Tarzan hooks up with this guy who I think is British or French, maybe French, and he's just a you know a, a guy who you know makes his money by being in the jungle, in safaris, and stuff safaris, like yeah. you know, killing out whatever, yeah, you know, kind of things. So Tarzan hooks up with him, and they become great friends. So they started making huge money. Going into these in, going into these uh, encampments that they had for wealthy uh, uh, men to come down on safaris and kill trophy animals, right? Right, right, right. So the the guy would go in because he was one of those guys, right? And Tarzan would come in, and Tarzan would totally, even though at this point Tarzan could speak English fluently and I think French too, he could speak two languages. Oh wow, you know, because his guy was French, so he could speak two languages. But it, but he would play the 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 eight man you know role. Right. Oh no 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 no! I think I'm wrong on that. It's been a while since. I think he may maybe he does come in and he's edu- I mean he can sit down and just have a conversation. And they go and he would go. Uh, I'll bet everybody in here a thousand dollars that my man can leave here barefooted in his underwear with a knife. And come back with a head of a lion. Jesus. Yeah. In this many hours. And of course, here he goes. And wow. they come out with these outrageous things he the, the bets and they, they started making a bunch of money winning these bets, him going and doing these things that he could do. And so they made all this money. And then you know the movie 
the last Tarzan movie where he's in he's in London and he's staying, you know, in a he's with royalty and all right. that kind of stuff. I think it was the last movie. That's closer to the real Tarzan. Oh, okay. You know, and he did go to look for Jane. And the, the French guy brought him back to civilization to, you know, to experience it. And he wanted to, he wanted to find Jane. Right. And so he experienced going to bigger cities, London, and, and then he found out in one of the books that Jane was in America. So he comes to America. And she is oh, wow. in Minnesota. <laughs> of all places. In the summertime, yeah. her family had this big estate right. up in Minnesota, and that's where she was. Well, he's he's going there driving a sports car. Tarzan. These are Edgar <laughs> Rice Burroughs. Tarzan. He's driving a sports car to get to her, right? And there's a forest fire that's engulfing the whole area and, and, and like, like, could you know it's like it could catch their estate on fire and da 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 yeah. and they're they're at a point where they're kind of trapped in the flames well guess who comes through the fucking flames fucking Tarzan Tarzan <laughs> that's, that's how Tarzan but that movie would be so much better yeah meets that's how he hooks back up with Jane he saves her life in a forest fire in Minnesota you know what I mean yeah. and you know and it's like then they hook back up and then they're together for a while and then for some reason they split up again And then at that point, he's back over in Europe, and somehow, I don't remember one of the books, he ends up in the Middle East. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. In the middle of the East. And and he's almost like a, a, I think it's during World War II. Yeah. And he's like, like, like a, almost like a a secret agent kind of. Thing. It's like 007 with Tarzan. What? I'm telling yeah. you, man. Then Fifty Shades the, of Grey with the Tarzan. The real Tarzan <laughs> books are all of that. And then eventually, <laughs> at some, I think there's nine or ten of the books. And then eventually. Really? Nine or ten? I want to say there's nine of them. Damn. Let me look it up. And eventually, they, Jane ends up going back to the jungle with him, and they they make a life there. They're like, enough you know, of which this is shit. What, which is what the movies that you... Yeah, you know, yeah, but the you only see the jungle. Stuff, the yeah. pick just they shorten it up. They have to. They, right? like, well, you know. I don't think they ever Why don't you saw just... it as marketable. Obviously, yeah. nobody has seen it as marketable to really do the books yeah. as they are because nobody's done it. Nobody's. I, done I mean, it. you you got me. I'll buy a ticket. The way you explain those books. They're, they're yeah. tra- I mean, I've thought, I, I wish I had the... Tarzan, like an Audi R8, yeah. <laughs> driving to Minnesota. Superhero, Nobody yeah. believe it. Everybody be like, well, this is fucking bullshit. Well, or at a bar, and they're like, yo, get him down Edgar in no Rice shoes. <laughs> He's going to come back a with a lion head. <laughs> it's like two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> it's cruelty against lions, though. It gets protested. Let's uh, see if it comes up here. Yeah, uh, I remember that though. I remember just trying to argue with my teacher, being like, "I, I, I wrote this fucking thing. <laughs> I couldn't believe yeah, it." Yeah, see, I spark notes everything, yeah. or I copied someone. I never. Those kind of projects were always easy for me. It was more like the science and math stuff that I always struggle with. Most of the time, like my science teacher was like showing like videos half the time. There was never really any yeah. learning going on. It was just like. Yeah, um, yeah. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Here we yeah, go again. Yeah, Bill, Bill, yeah. Bill. Bill Nye, yeah. <laughs> that was stupid. When Bill Nye was on, you know it was going to be an easy day. Yeah. You're like, like, the teacher's got a hangover. All right. <laughs> he doesn't want to teach. Yeah. 
like for the most part, my teachers, my science teachers seem younger. Yeah. They must have always been hungover because I always like I think I watched more Bill Nye in school than. Yeah, that's terrible. I don't think it was on an agenda to play Bill Nye twice a week. That's why I, f- I could never. I but then when you got to high school and you need to know all the science stuff, you're like, uh, yeah, can't recall it. Yeah, because it's just Bill Nye. That was the weird thing about about Florida education is like the it was almost like if you were smarter, they would educate you more. Like yeah, they, you got access to better teachers. If you were the part of the dumb kids, like you just got stuck with like the teachers, yeah, like also teaching softball or also like yeah, coaching yeah, softball yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, PE teacher and yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like literally reading from the book and learning and teaching at the same time. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I didn't know that either. Oh shit. Like, yeah, I remember we had uh, I think it was like eighth grade. We had a substitute teacher that we saw more than like our yes. real teacher. I've had a couple of those ones. Yeah. I'm like, is this our teacher now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, not your teacher. Like if it's your parents, is this my dad? <laughs> is this a, <laughs> we got a financials from this guy. That's gotta be weird being a substitute teacher because it's like teachers. Well, for me, teachers already get paid crap. They oh should yeah. get paid a lot more. So to if you want to be a substitute teacher, yeah, I don't even want to know what they make. No, I don't even want to. To deal with craphead kids that hate you for whatever reason. Oh, when you when a substitute came in, oh man, it was miserable. There's never yeah. once where a substitute teacher came in where like. We're gonna give this guy a break. No, no. Even like the good kids acted up. Unless it was a black woman. Oh yeah, school. yeah. The hood, the yeah, hood, yeah, like with a little bit of attitude. Even if she didn't, even if she wasn't hood, she, she, she would just be able to command that class, and you just didn't want to fuck with her because you knew she potentially oh, no, would yeah. whoop your ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> she would snap on you. She'll come in writing right away. Here's a complete set of Tarzan series paperback books by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Were there were twenty four. Oh my! You were off by nine. Twenty. Four. I, 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 you got a lot more reading to do. I know. 24 <laughs> books. That's crazy. I want those movies to drop. <laughs> they, they just had a Tarzan. It was like a yeah, but action. not like hit like what he no, said. No, no. It's still in the jungle and everything. I never. That was like some Jeopardy knowledge he. Those who recognize <laughs> it. Right? The original Tarzan is a literary creation by Rasmus. Understand that the exploits of Tarzan are best explored through the magic of printed words. Readers can experience the journey that lasts through 24 books and wanders not only into the jungle depths, but further down through the Earth's crust, savage prehistoric, uh, let's see, uh, uh, basically, there's just tons of adventures that Tarzan went on. You know, right. through all these different books, and uh, yeah, I mean, I looked, at, I was like, I was like, you know, it's like the Hollywood's looking for these series things, you know, yeah. like the Avengers that you can just keep doing, and Tarzan, you know, is one of those things where you can, where you can create him in that way, yeah. where you go, here's a guy that, that, he, you know, he's he is that half man, half beast. And he can, and he is that. He is that. He, yeah. he's, and he keeps that about him. So right. he's, so he's a bit of a superhero. He's That's an what it seems uber like. athlete. Right. You know, he's, he's an uber athlete that has these instincts and everything, and, but yet, by leaving the jungle the way he does, he, 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 and and going up through Europe, you could have him speaking five or six different languages. Going into these yeah. different cultures, and every culture he ha- is another, you know, uh, uh, 
episode is some other wild-ass thing that he does, and he's going to be the hero of all of them because nobody can kick this fucker's ass. He's the baddest-ass son of a bitch anywhere there. He was raised by apes, though. That's the thing, right? Right. He was raised by raised by. No, but honestly, those but like the I never knew that. that so he, he can literally his... fight a gr- a gorilla, right? And not be killed. That's just amazing. That he... Like imagine Tarzan in New York. Yeah. Yes. Walking Times Square. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tarzan in New York. Tarzan in London. Tarzan in <laughs> yeah. Paris. Tarzan in wherever. Right. Right. You know, Tarzan involved. I mean, and that that that's what these different stories were. You know, there's you know it's like. There's a few books. There's another one like that. Uh, not a, as long a series or anything. But there's a book out there called The Frontiersman. And when I was in college, we did these summer stock outdoor dramas. And right. they're, they're pageant plays. But they're usually wrapped around Daniel Boone, you know, oh, right, right. you know that kind of a thing Yeah. in our history. So, I was I was playing this character that was Daniel Boone's enemy, and he was a real guy. So of course I did all the research, find out who this guy was, da 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 da, and I found this book called The Frontiersman, and it was actual accounts as far as they you know it was based on true, based on truth, right? That Daniel Boone was actually a, a not a big guy. Daniel Boone was about my size. Okay. Uh, there, there was, but he was a badass. But back then, most a lot of people were shorter, yes, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Six foot was huge. Yeah, it was. It was a you giant. know, uh, average average man was probably five five ish. Yeah, about that. Yeah. You know, why is what? I don't uh, understand that. Nutrition, nutrition, yeah. nutrition mainly. You people know, we're eating like bread and yeah, like we just sausage. you know, as a culture, we just get we just eat better and and, and, and genetically improve ourselves it's evolution yeah yes, and, and that's why people live longer and yes all that kind of part, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. but um yeah because i mean oh god you go to you go to a house that's 200 years old and look at the furniture i mean when you go through castles in europe all the beds are like yeah, they're little, small. like a twin <laughs> yeah. yeah they're small because, people. yeah, yeah. They're, they're short yeah yeah because they just weren't that tall but um so Boone was small, but there was a guy, and I, I can't remember his name now, but there was a guy that was a Boone character. He was he, he was a giant for, yeah. for that. Day. He was like 6'3", 6'4", right, right. 250 pounds. He was a giant man. And he, there were stories of him getting attacked by, there's one story bear. that was in there. No, oh. Indians. Oh. You know, because Even these guys, with all these guys, the frontiersmen always – they, as soon as the weather got nice, they're gone. They're gone. They leave home. They leave the encampment. They leave the family. And they're, so when the weather gets nice, let's say, because they're all up there around Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky, you know, Ohio. up in, So you figure right around May, April, May, they're out of there, you know. And they don't come back until November. Mm-hmm. And, and then they stay home in the wintertime yeah. and basically hang out and have sex and create kids. And, right, procreate. And so in Daniel Boone's case, and they're supposedly going out and discovering land. 
you know, right. te territories and marking it for themselves and uh, But these guys weren't that bright, and other people would steal the land from them. But uh, and all these guys too had were connected with the Indians in good and bad ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, there was one where, like a, a a group of Indians, maybe like half a dozen, uh, uh, attacked Boone and this other big dude. And Boone, in the fight, got knocked out. And they said the guy picked up Boone and used his body <laughs> to beat off the other Indians. <laughs> they used it as a weapon, you know, oh used God. his body as a weapon. How one of the stories went. And uh, there was a story, uh, and Daniel Boone, when an Indian, when Indians would catch a really prized uh, enemy and Daniel Boone would be that he was known he had a reputation yeah as, a, as one of the leaders of the of the white settlement and they caught him at some point in time they captured him. and so what the, if they were going to kill you if the Indians were just going to kill you they'd always have fun with you for a while so it was all always torture deaths yeah you know one was they loved to, to just you know tie you to a tree and just have target practice, just use you as target practice. And it was That's like, terrifying. with a knife or a bow That's and arrow, terrifying. it's like, how the goal was, how many times can they hit you and not, and you don't die? <laughs> so it's like, Jesus. you know, don't hit any vital organs. Yeah. Try to keep them alive, but hit them as many times as you can. The other one was, and when they were ready for you to go, they cut you at, they knew right where the end of your uh, small intestine was, which is what, 24 feet long? Yeah. And they would cut you open there and take that out and 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 nail it to a tree. Oh, my God. And then gosh. chase you around the tree and disembowel you. Jesus. That was a lot of fun for the Indians. Gee, oh, I'm not running them. There was always, the, the, yeah. so there were all these, you with. and this was all these stories, and, and the thing about it is, the Indians did it, well, so did Anything, any torture that that the settlers uh, learned from the Indians, they did to the Indians, yeah. and vice versa. They were all doing it. Well, it was horrible circle. shit. It was horrible yeah. shit. People are mean. And people are mean. So, but but if you were if you were a big deal, if you were a big deal, they made a show out of you. And so they would take you to the largest village, and they tied you down, like a hog, stake yeah. to the ground. And while you're tied down, they keep you alive. They give you enough food and water right. to keep you alive. And basically, while you're tied down, the women and the children can just fuck with you. You're just something that for them to do. Kick you and stuff. Whatever they want to do. You know, but they can't kill you. Because there's getting ready to be a big feast, and you're the star. Right. And at the end of the feast, you got to run the gauntlet. <laughs> what that is is that everybody in the village lines up in two lines with a pathway down the middle that's just big enough for a person to run. And everybody in that line has got something to hit you with. And you got you to gotta try to get to the other end without getting beaten to death. And you, it, they let you go if you get all the way through? He, no. They said, <laughs> no, they take you to the next village. Oh, then why the hell would I? Well, yeah. Boone... Boone ran, I don't know how many he ran successfully, but there was a number where they did let him go. 
Yeah, I think he got four or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he after broke our that, record. they were like, "You are a great warrior." You know, we respect you as a great warrior, and they let him go. They were like, "You're awesome, man." You're <laughs> awesome. Was, you were awesome. You're a bad. Like, I hate all of you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, Can you uh, sign, sign my clay palette? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I, you're a rock star. I've boo. never, I've never seen a movie made about that. You, you got know, great like, movie ideas. Last of the Mohicans was close to that realism, but still, it. I've never seen a movie that really depicted what these books had in them that I right. read doing research about wh how things really were in that day and Dance of the Wolves maybe was, was close. close was close was this the one those were like the last Mohicans right. Dances with Wolves were as close as we got Dances with Wolves were pretty close yeah to that kind of a, a movie yeah yeah but um yeah I mean there's a lot of great books out there that have never been done I'm sure well it's so weird it's like there's so many movies that, that depict uh, the Native Americans as like heroic or yeah like pure yeah but there's definitely there's, there were some tribes that were pretty fucked up like without a doubt well if you consider that they basically were invaded yeah they were basically I mean we didn't come here we didn't come here and ask them if we could buy their shit. No, no, no. You know what I mean? And and cut a, a we a did make and cut a righteous treaties. deal with them. No, yeah. we killed them and we we just took their shit. But we also we, we signed we, bullshit contracts too. Well, we yeah. we just uh, I mean, it's the way things are even done to this day. Yeah. In some when when people can get away with it. Right, right. You know, in in, in these third world ass countries and shit. I mean, that's the reason Africa's still in the bullshit that it's in because they just take advantage. And, and, and that's, it's like, that's the thing is, as long as, if you're not smart enough, it's like the thing of, if you're not smart enough that you can't beat me intellectually, you know, right, right. And, 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 you know, what I can figure out and all that kind of stuff, then fuck you. Yeah. You get what you deserve. Right. And, there, and, and that's been our culture you know forever for a long time yeah. and, and and it's still in our culture yeah you know and survival uh, of the fittest basically absolutely yeah. absolutely uh that probably a little bit of what's the difference between what some people would call a conservative and what some people would call a liberal you know what i mean sure it's like hey pull yourself up by your bootstraps and make it if right. you can't fuck you yeah you know and not that that's i mean that's an extreme but yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's just the way thing. That's the way things were, and uh, and yeah, when they came to this country, I mean, no, no doubt the Indians were pissed. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, good lord! I mean, the Trail of Tears. What Andrew Jackson did to the Cherokee Indians was fucking horrific. Oh, he he was you uh, know, and specifically and, uh, hated Indians for whatever oh, reason. Oh God! Well, I mean, you know, that the was wartime. the thing. I mean, it, you know, we were. White, white uh, Europeans were, you know, not. I don't think in too many cases were too awful kind to anybody. Really. Anybody of color, yeah. <laughs> you know, through the through the centuries. I mean, you know, they were the they were the uh, race that seemed to dominate. Right. You know, uh, intellectually, and they just, they created the most weaponry. That's for sure. Yeah. They created that. The best ways to kill people. That's, that's what they right. figured out. 
you know. But uh, yeah, that was something we've talked about, and you know, in that, um, you know, something that I think that to this day that we don't talk about is is that you go, we, you know, with, with segregate, you're into the with Trump, especially all this segre- segregation stuff's rare. It's our ag- ugly yeah, again. Yeah. And it never went away. It's just that now that he's in it, it's out in the forefront again. Right. Never went away. And and it's like, but there's this thing of like, oh, well, that's wrong, and you just need to change. Well, I go, that's not that that's not right. But we have been a culture, we have been a species that has developed by and lived and lived and stayed alive and evolved because we're tribal. Yeah. If you're not in a tribe, you're yeah. fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the way it's always been. You better be in a tribe. Yeah. And, and what are the tribes going to be? Well, the tribes are going to be the people that live closest together and look alike. That look alike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because culturally and especially as we're evolving that's what you can trust it's what you know right. you know anything that looks different or acts different you know hey there's there wasn't hundreds of years ago how is anybody gonna be sophisticated enough to figure that shit out well, also language like that's a huge yes, one it's like absolutely like good cultures can't even communicate with each other it's always gonna end bad like sure always sure and so so up until you figure up until the night the 1900s yeah up until the 1900s, you didn't have, we we didn't have a culture where you had law enforcement and military to protect you, so you didn't need to be in a tribe. You didn't have, and really, probably up until the mid 1900s, where that was really yeah. somewhat effective. Society. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, to where you could even make that decision to not be in a tribe and feel right. that you could survive that you could be okay and of course it that didn't really open up to to any kind of what we think of as cultural freedom of you know any race right right. everything being the same thing that didn't even begin until the 70s civil rights started in the 60s to to open the door but isn't that thought process didn't even begin to enter anybody's heads until the 70s as far as masses go. And so it's, it's really new. It's a new concept. And I think that you don't hear conversations enough about that's where we are. And we have to, it, it, there's going to take a lot of education and time generationally yeah. to get people there. So how do we do that in a way that protects people but still understands that you can't just say, don't believe that anymore. That yeah. ain't going to fucking work. It, it, it's, it's just not. It's just not. You, it has to work out of the – You have to. we have to evolve yeah. through it. What know? I find mostly now, it seems that it's not so much about ethnicity. I mean, when you, on the surface, it looks like that, especially with my generation. It's more about cultures. It's like sub. There's so many different subcultures and yes. so many things to subscribe to that, like you'll have fucking Star Trek fans beating the shit out of Star Wars fans. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's a culture clash. Like right. Something as simple as that's a dumb idea, but like that's what I found is like. Uh, well, we were talking about. My wife Pam ran into a lady from India the other day and just had a great conversation with her, and she told her, "Go, we won't go to India." My husband and I. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't go somewhere that treats 
a lot of their people in a way that I just can't support. Right. And that class system that they have over there where they have the untouchables. Brutal. You know, and it's based on, it's their beliefs, it's their culture. And that's what the lady was saying. She goes, well, you know, culturally, that's the way things are there. And you have to accept that culture. And I go, "Mm, no, I don't really. (laughs) I can understand it, but I can't. I can't, I can't support it, yeah. not, not through the way that I believe. And, uh, you know, and, and so we got to get, I mean, getting past that worldwide. But, you know, you were mentioning the language. There's yeah. a, and if I have it right, there's a, there's a story, story of a, a Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel, yeah. Exactly. So the Tower, of, you know the Tower of Babel yeah. story? So in, if I've got this right, Tower of Babel is God came and said, you guys are all screwing around and you ain't being the way you ought to be. So uh, as a little punishment to you, I'm going to break you all apart. And they were, um, you're all going to, by having different languages. And your goal is, as a race, is to figure out how to come back together. And unify. And yeah. unify. It was, and uh, we still ain't done it. They were <laughs> in the, we got there. The Bible version is like they're, uh, humans had finally uh, unif- unified and that they all spoke the same language. Right, um, but all different cultures, and they were building a tower to he- the heavens. Right, which which is like symbolic for so many different fucking things. Yes, and it yes. can be interpreted in so many different ways. Yeah, but that's essentially what it was. That he struck down the tower and sent all the uh, right people across the land, and then, then of course through just how it's how languages like are like that. The languages develop and evolve because of terminologies, uh, discoveries, and also slang. Right. Yeah. So eventually, right. they just everything kind of got fucked up, and that's why yep. you have. Yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, we're talking about Native Americans, uh, Iroquois Nation. They were the biggest, one of the biggest nations right. there was, and they were called the Defenders of the West. And there's uh, historians that believe that if they could have just figured out how to how to speak the same language as, as some of the other tribes in the area, they would have uni- uh, they would have united. And they would have totally pushed out the settlers easily. Like overnight, that's how many people that they right, had. Right, right. Problem is, that none of them spoke the same languages. And this is all like in the same area. Right. And this, the languages are so different. And there it's was no problem. reason for them to unify until we came. Yeah, they late. saw no. There was yeah. no threat. It was too late. Yeah. There was no threat. Yeah. By the time we came, because we were unified. Yeah. Or Europeans were. Yeah, they spoke the same language. That was us. That's the biggest thing I think. That's why when we're talking about the universal language. Like they've been trying to do that since the seventies, I think. Right? I know, yeah. but you know, it's so it's so weird to me that we, you know that you know people who are Christian and really right. you know follow that doctrine know the Tower of Babel, it's and an yet story. and yet and know that you know God's going. God has said, "Hey, here's your here's your challenge, right, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, your challenge is is to is to come back. I'm splitting you up is to be able to come back together and unify. And if you do." You will have done what you need to do for this place to be what it should be. Yeah. And you know what I mean? What they are should be. And there's your challenge as a human race. And, but you don't really see there is some movement in that direction. Now, I won't say there's none, there is some, and there's people that are trying. Mm But it's not overwhelming, <laughs> no. The, at no. least to what we see out there, you know. That's what you find, though, is like the, the, the differences in cultures, they see the future differently. Yes. That's, I mean, just look at conservative and liberal. They, they have a com- two completely different ideas of how the future should be. Right. It's completely different. And I, I don't just mean like, like, I mean, all the way like flying cars versus, 
you know, everything. And they, yeah. they have a completely different version of Absolutely. how they would like the future to be, and that's one of the problems, probably. But I, I think our generation makes more, <coughs> like, we accept more. People the are more way more openly gay. Yeah. There's all this, you know, even 25 years ago, that wasn't. Oh, no, absolutely. You know? No. As, once again, you know. There's small stuff the, happening. The 70s, because I was in my 20s in the 70s, was when things began to open uh, yeah. open-mindedness towards right, acceptance right. of gender equality, yeah. sexual orientation equality. But it was just opening the door at that it point is, in time. Yeah. That was all it was. I mean, I'm, you know? I remember freshman year of high school, you kind of knew who was gay, but no one said they were right, gay. Right. And by senior year, I mean, people were it was okay. skipping down the hallway. It was okay, yeah. Within those three years. Yeah. That's yes. another thing, Colt. And that's what the, with the LGBTQ... Uh, XYZ. XYZ, all that stuff. It's like... They're acc- I don't know if they're doing this on purpose, but they they are accidentally forming a culture, like they are creating yeah. a culture, which it can be a good thing because they have like community in that. Yeah. But it's also can be a bad thing because they are separating themselves from. Society. Well, you know, we were talking about this. You know, in the land of the free, home of the brave. Right. All right. We go. You know, is it gonna be okay to go look? I. I am a segregationist, and yeah. I'm not hateful. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not hateful. I'm not, right. but I really am more comfortable, and in, in a living in a culture or society. a society yeah. where everyone is like me. Yeah, you know, and and I, and I really that's the kind of place I want to live in. Yeah. It's just me, you know. It's just I want. And and right now we're, there's kind of a thing. I mean, the thing would be no, that's not okay. No, it's not okay. But I'm wondering, well, should it be okay? I don't should know. it be okay for people to be able to do that? I mean, it obviously it's it like anyway. you could live there, but you couldn't say, oh, you can't. Other there. races can't come into yeah. this town. No. You can't say, oh no, you'd have to. You can't a do that. A lot of bigger cities like that though, like um, in New York when. Just walk into the Broadway Comedy Club, like, yeah. I forgot the the street or whatever, but we hit like all these Jews. I mean, Hasidic they're looking, Jews, yeah. yeah, and they're looking at us like, "What are you doing?" And my buddy's like, "Oh yeah, these nine blocks." Oh, is Hasidic? Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. like Orthodox. You can live Orthodox. there if you want to. You could go buy a, a yeah. apartment there if you want. Yeah. Right. But they just took over those nine blocks. Right, 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 right. And, you know, or you go to another neighborhood and it's mostly African American. You can, yeah. right. You can, there's no no, Other than yeah. against a Caucasian no, buying an apartment there, but that's it's exactly just, right. That's yeah. exactly so. Yeah. It, but but it, it's it's but I think there's a you know a, a real demonizing thing of going no. Should that yeah. be okay? Like Chinatown? Should that, should that even be okay? Chinatown, you and feel like you went to a whole other place. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. it, it goes. And back. I don't mind. I think it's kind of cool to go into an area yeah. that's culturally saturated with a yeah. certain culture. That you get to dive into, as long as, and I think that's that's, the, that's where it lies. Is as you go, yes, it's okay to do that, but you have to be accepting yeah. of any other culture coming into you yeah. where you are peacefully. 
Mm. Well, they're peaceful. You need to be peaceful towards them. Yeah. And accepting and allow them to be there. Yes. Yeah, right. but I think the South, that's why, like, we're pretty much, I mean, we don't really have anything like that. Nah. I grew up with Spanish, black. Yeah, and I prefer it that way. Because, like, I don't want to be around a bunch of people that are exactly like-minded like me. Like, that would be annoying. Like, we don't have a neighborhood oh. that's, like, all, you know. stupid. Yeah. But you go to these bigger cities and. Could you imagine being, like, with people that always agree with you? <laughs> like, that would be yeah. fucking but that, you know, But that's what makes the world go around, right? I mean, yeah. so there's certain of us that like diversity. We yeah. like that. We, yeah. we enjoy, enjoy being in, in an area that has a lot of diversity, and, and that's, that, that's just, that's just uh, the, way we're, the way we work. And yeah. then other people are like, no, man, that makes me nervous. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to learn. You know, I just and, – and, hey, I don't – and I just think we're not – I don't know. I think people are almost afraid to say that that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? For you to say, mm, I'm not comfortable with that. And immediately, then you're a racist. Right. Yeah. right. You're well, a racist. You're a dog. You go, well, no, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm just, <laughs> you people know. jump real quick with that stuff, though. Like, you have to be so accepting of everything. Otherwise, yes. you're a piece of shit. And it's like, that's right. I mean, I don't know. What about everything? I don't know about everything. Yeah. Well, you the thing about it is. People dressing up like fucking dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just saying, I'm not going to go to your party. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that. Go yeah. to your party. And I think that's what we've seen has happened is that we forced our culture here in the United States and maybe in other pl- places in the world too to go, you can't say that or else you're immediately labeled. Right. And so people go, okay, I'll tell you what you want to hear, but that ain't what I'm thinking. Yes. That's not what I believe. It's oppression, really. And so people just play the game. Right. And then, and I think that's what we've been having in this country probably, you know, for 70s, 80s, 90s, up till, you know, now. Yeah. We've been, people been playing the game. I think that. Uh, and now all of a sudden, Trump got in and. And not, it's not just Trump, but it's it's what all that did. Well, yeah, and it, it opened the door to go, no, you can say that. Right. And and people are saying it, and then people are going, Whoa, well, yeah. you racist, crazy. Break, yeah. I mean, you know. So, and some of those people are racist. Yeah. But some of them are just, I think, not, like, hateful towards other cultures, but they're just not comfortable with yeah that's it. what it is it's it's culture class that's, yes that's really uh-huh. i was trying to write this bit one time about like hating hating somebody for their ethnicity is the dumbest thing ever because there's so many better reasons to hate somebody oh yeah you do that like, in your show don't yeah, you I, I did it one time and it's just like it's a good idea for it, a bit it got yeah it got weird and it was like i was saying like, like you you might think you're not racist but it's like because you have one black friend but like your one right. black friend wears crocs and goes golfing with you every sunday right right if right your friend daryl was dropping a mixtape next week and wore yeezys like you wouldn't even let him on the golf course well i just i don't even and know what it was i just heard recently yeah there's a term that the african-american community uses towards white people that do that you're only my friend because yeah you yeah. feel you need that or yeah. you know and and there was something and and i can't remember I, I was just hearing a whole thing about that and i was like jesus you can't win for losing in this. Yeah. you know you can't even try well there's, you're, there's you know. definitely that part but you, you but it's you can see it's inauthentic you, 
You yes. Say, like, that person's trying extra hard to be like, oh, this is my black friend, Darren. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like almost right, like they have them. a reputation yeah, of being yeah. a racist. Like, I'm not racist. Look, my friend here. It's like, that doesn't mean yeah. you're not racist. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren's yeah. exactly like you. Like, I think that goes in culture the, the yeah. comedy. Like, I'm going to go mean, grab a beer. Anybody want anything? I'm all right. I'm good. Okay. Uh, comedy, that's the same thing. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you could say whatever you want. Now you have to kind of play towards. It feels like it. Yeah. I feel like you're just not supposed to be an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you ever watch old, like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Comic View, BET. Look at Raw, Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh, my God. He was saying. They'll destroy saying, the crowd. They, yeah. they say whatever. He said, like, fag, like, 20 times in that special. Like, yeah, but if you're a big name, you say that now. Oh, my. Yeah. You'd be on the news for all bad reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I remember somebody told me that. They were like, you can't say uh, everything's too politically correct. You can't say anything anymore. And I was like, I think it just has to be good. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do a racial bit, it can't be a half at Now, there's so much pressure on it now. Like, you, it yeah. forces it to be excellent. Otherwise, if it's not, it's, you're going to get shit on. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're punching down and stuff, it's got to be really, really good, basically, now. Yeah. Any, any sexist joke, any gay joke, any, yep. any of those things, it's got to be excellent. Otherwise, you're going to get torn apart by social media and shit like that. So, that's what I found. That's why I always try to, like, make everything about... Not everything, but a lot of my bits like revolve around me, like how. That's like the I, safest way to play. You have to. I mean, and I, I, I didn't do it because I had to. It just it was funnier to me. Like when I do yeah. a I do a transgender bit, it's all about how this transgender man knows how to be a man better than me. Like, it's not at all offensive to transgender people. It's offensive to myself. Like if it, you know what I mean? If there's a if there was like an audience that was supporting me, they'd be like, "What the fuck? Like, why are you so hard on yourself? This is messed up, man." Yeah, like, yeah. That's how you, I played it because it's it's funnier that way. It wouldn't be funny to be like. Like he's not a man, you know. He yeah. doesn't know. I'm trying to teach him what to do. With the, you know what I mean? That that wouldn't. Exactly. That angle's not funny at all. It's not. And that's. I mean, to get booked in comedy clubs, that's how you gotta play it. You yeah. gotta. Even if they think it's funny, they're not gonna book you just because you could stir up something. No, no. And yeah. lose a bunch of. Yeah. Of fans that come here weekly. Yeah, that's why it's like the. Sometimes they'll be like, "Yo, you gotta be clean." Or they'll be like, you just they just don't want you to take be risky. Yeah, like that's you can what you could not say the f word, but you could still have like a really edgy bit. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, it's good it's though. Weird. Sometimes to do those one nighters or bar shows because my material changes so drastically from show to show. Oh, from like a comedy club to like a bar show. Yeah. Like yeah. it's more way more raw on a bar show. Yeah, it's weird. Like, when I know the bar show ain't going to make or break my career, Yeah, my material well, is way different. I remember I was doing the open mic. I think Les actually did stick around for this one. And I was – Johnny had me open open up the show. Oh, I'd be the first open micer just because he didn't know anybody on the list. So he was like, I just need somebody to start the show, blah, blah, blah. And I'm doing it, and I go, I'm so white, the NRA just gave me a gun. Yeah. And I'm looking over, and there's a foretop of, old, of elderly people. And as soon as I said that, they all went like this. And, like, my whole show just turned into that then. I, I just kept going, I'm so sorry. Like, please forgive me. And I would be like, you guys watch the news? And I'm like, I know you guys watch the news. Probably Fox News. You know what I mean? I just, I, I just ended up, like, placating to them and, yeah. like, apologizing for all my material. And, like, they ended up loving it. Like, they, yeah, yeah. it was definitely against, like, what they would assume is, like, funny. But the fact that I was playing into it and being like, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like my parents are watching right now. It was just, yeah. like, all became that. And. My whole set was like committed to like just these four people in the front row. It was such a terrible idea, but it worked. But, it was but yeah, like, that's the thing about comics now. You got to say what you think is funny, but also that's not going to be offensive. Yeah. 
Well, and I think that Eric Meyer last week did that bit on uh, 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 serial killers. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, he goes, you know why I'm doing the bit on serial killers? He goes, because it's the only people you can make fun of. <laughs> it's and that's and, so true. But, you know, the thing is to me is that great comics, a, a lot of great comics, Chris Rock, I, uh, years ago when we first had him here, and you're talking about this was back uh, early 90s, real early 90s. You know, to watch his show then and see how he played race, black, white, yeah. so balanced. He was so balanced, you know. It's like if he went off on the white race for some reason, then he he goes, but we're not any better. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. You know, exactly. we have a tendency to do this. Yeah. And he just bounced it back and forth, which and it was very honest, yeah. but hilarious, you know, exaggerated, you know, yeah. and had its absurdities in there, right, right. you know. And that's the thing people have to remember is when it's comedy is you go, our main thing we're trying to do is make you laugh. you got to get away from when you come to a comedy club that we're trying to teach you something. We're not trying to teach you anything. No. You know, that's not why we're here. We're trying to get laughs. And sometimes we're using topical material because it's what we all have in common. Yeah. You know? And, and you should be able to tease anything, you know, in the right, you know, I mean, it, it's... It's like I tell you, it's, as long as it's not coming across as mean, punching down. in mean spirit. Yeah. If it comes across in mean spirit, the audience will pick up on that really quick. Yeah, that's weird. But, of course, we do have now people are just overly sensitive about certain things. Yeah. But I'm a little to get over it. The other night, one of my open, one of my class last night, the class show, so it was the first time on stage. Yeah. He did a bit about being an altar boy. And, of course, you know where that – as soon as he says, I was an altar boy, I go – I go, as an audience, you need to, you know where this is going. I mean, Most for God's sakes. Yeah. For God's So he he said, Jesu he goes, the Jesuit priests, he goes, now, if you don't know what that is, he goes, they're the highest level. They're the most educated. You know, they're like the PhDs of priests. Yeah. He goes, so you never, he goes, I was never hit on by a Jesuit priest. You wouldn't be unless you scored at least 1,200 on the SAT. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the too. crowd ooed him. They yeah. ooh. And I literally got up afterwards and I went, was the Jesuit priest thing a little too, you had to give him, was that a little too yeah. soon? A little yeah. too soon? Yeah. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Like, like, in other words, like, you're, you're defending that? You yeah. know, you're mad at us. You're sure. yeah, you're you're yeah. mad at us. You know, you know, it's like yes, I, we all job. realize that most Catholics are good people, and we all realize that most Catholic priests are good people. Right. But by God, there's a shitload of them yeah. that ain't, and, the, and and highly documented. <laughs> I mean, to this yeah. day, we're still uncovering shit. Yeah. Out of that, out of that culture, yeah. that just uh, is terrible, you know, and uh, and you know, and you go, well, yeah, of course you're gonna pick on and that. Fuck them, like don't, <laughs> yeah, like if we bring them up, we're bringing them to, to trash their name. We're not trashing all priests; we're trashing yeah. the ones that are pedophiles. Yeah, fuck yeah. those people, <laughs> and they are. Yeah. Th those guys are, yeah. you know. Well, it's like that whole Michael Jackson documentary now. Oh, people yeah, are losing it over he's that. Over. Yeah, that's, that's oh, a, yeah. People are losing their... I mean, it's going to be a hate crime if you just play his music now. It's there's death bad. threats. There's, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. It's crazy. And, you know, that was something we were... I was talking about with Bill Cosby when he was, you know, it looked like he was going down, and, of course, he finally did. Yeah. Do you condemn the art with the artist? In yeah. other words, do you, yeah, do you condemn the art with the artist? Culturally, 
we still admire Michelangelo. Not the nicest human being in the world. He was a weird son of a bitch, and he yeah. did some weird fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an a author, uh, playwright, Jean Genet, yeah, yeah. Uh, who still his plays are done, you know, and, and renowned. And this, he was criminal. He was stone fucking criminal. He was not a good guy at yeah. all. There's a lot of great artists that created great art through history that were not nice people. That did some weird fucking shit. Yeah. And so you wonder, so now it's just real close to us, like with Michael Jackson or Bill Cosby. But you wonder if they're great enough artists a hundred years from now. Yeah. They might still enjoy that art and and let and go, yeah, but he was a pedophile. It's a shame he was a pedophile, but, you know, uh, boy, that damn. That damn thriller album's a <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. You know what I mean? You know, a hundred yeah. years from now, you know, they. I mean, it could be. I mean, you you, you know, same to way me, with Bill Cosby. I'm going to change the song if a Michael Jackson song comes on, but. I mean, I still listen to it. I watched the documentary. I'm like, wow, that's insane. dark. Yeah. But, like, I, I think his music and his personality separate. But look what, I mean, vicious fucking psycho. Like, his dad, his dad was molesting people like, what does that mean some people shit, I mean, it's crazy like yes yeah. Yeah. yeah he molested several of those children of the jackson children it's like well the reason i think that jesus uh, fuck i think you can back up to almost every fucked up shit that happens in the world back to child abuse oh yeah, yeah for you sure. can bring it back to child abuse almost for every sure. time one of the if most. every child in this world was treated humanely yeah. You know, and raised in a humane way, a truly humane yeah. and safe way. Even just one and, generation. And cared for. Right. You would cure yeah. most of the ills of, our, well, of, of this so earth. Without a doubt. Point, Without a doubt. Like what he did is wrong, yeah, but was his brain almost wired that way because he dealt with it growing up? Yeah. yeah. If somebody tells you white people are bad, white people are bad, you're going to grow up. Of course, Probably, hating white yeah. people. Of course, yeah. it's I'm not born. your fault. But just... it is, it is to an extent though. Like, like at some, at, at a certain maturity, you should know what is ethically right and wrong. I don't you know? know though, unless you. I do. I, I think like there's no doubt in my mind that Michael Jackson knew what he was doing was a terrible fucking thing. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying. But like, also, and I'm not supporting and defending anything. Right. But I also go. I've I've been around enough mental illness now. To have a lot more compassion for assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I swear to God. You know, because I go, I, now where I just go, that guy's just an asshole. That person's just a fucking asshole. You go, now I realize they truly might not be able to help it. They might not even know. But yes. They don't even get it. My turn. Good, good, good talk. Oh, yeah, baby. All right, we're going to wrap it up. All right. Good shit. Good night. Thank you for tuning into the podcast this week. Please go to our website at mccurdyscomedy.com to check out all of our shows and upcoming events. Also, follow Vinny Ward on Instagram at I'm a Stand Up Guy and his Twitter at Vinny Ward. Also, go to Scott Novotny's website at scottnovotny.com. That's Scott, N-O-V-O-T-N-Y.com. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much.